Welcome to the Story Red Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Funro Munro, and tonight I'm joined by Joel Fap Donald McDonald. That's the best I could come up with. Joel. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Roderick Gorgeous Gorgeous. Uh, you, go, gorgeous Gorgeous. Thank you very much. I'll take it. I, I didn't say gorgeous twice. Didn't you I? said gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous, and that's yeah. fine too. It's on the mind. I looked. I looked back down the camera and I saw you. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> lost the words. You went like with sweet music. There was one word that came to mind. Twice. <laughs> Babin. <laughs> How we doing? <laughs> Not bad. Not I'm bad. all right. I'm all right. Can't complain. It's exactly Ready it. to rip the MCU to shreds. Mate, we're, gonna, we're, we're the most dangerous thing to happen in the MCU since... Thanos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, from, from the get-go, from here on out, from this point of the podcast onwards, if you haven't seen Quantumania, and you plan on seeing it, and you don't want any spoilers, hey, we have 150 other episodes to listen to. Go back, Spotify, and iTunes, leave us a review. From here on, the pants are off. Okay, we are going hog wild, raw dogging the MCU, <laughs> full spoilers. So just prepare your ear holes for that. Again, this is your fair warning, unless you skip ahead. But why would you skip to the intro? This is the funnest part. Guys, actually, wait, I'm going to take a moment before we get into it. Okay. Yeah. I've been doing something again lately. Guys, I started prop building again. Ooh. I'm not good at it. Oh. <laughs> I'm not good at it. I like doing it. Kind of like podcasting. I, I like doing it, but no one would say it's like, either right. I don't know, Jesse. I get it done. There's something that I can see over your shoulder right now that begs to differ. So. Is it Zelda on a. Yeah. Is it a Zelda statue? It's, yeah, yes, that. It's there, that one. No. You know, yeah. you know what? Look, I made an axe and it looks cool. It is from very a distance. cool. Looks fucking Although awesome. I was, I was having a good look at it before. I'm like, yeah. For those of you who 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 don't know, I built after God of War 2018 came out. I built the axe from the axe from Leviathan axe. I built the Leviathan <laughs> axe. I can't even speak tonight, guys. <laughs> Great. Last year at PAX, I came out of um, some sort of conventional thing. And I saw a woman from across the room dressed like Jack from Jack and Daxter. And I made a sound I've never made before. A really high-pitched sort of guttural squeal. It kind of like sounded like that sound that um, Mo makes in the bomb shelter in Simpsons. And I ran over to her to get a photo. Started talking to her. Her name's Cash. Absolutely lovely. Um, she, she like hand-stitched a little Dax that would be on her shoulder. It was so cool. That's really cool. Just seeing somebody who is into Jack and Dax as I am. And I, I'm like, yeah, you know, you're missing your blaster rifle. And she's like, I don't really know how to make one. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm making you one. Done. That's awesome. cool. Just a freebie. I, I've been wanting to build one for a while. This is my reason. This is me helping the youth. Okay, that's why I'm seeing it. <laughs> um, she's going to be at the Game Expo in Melbourne. What oh, is it? Sweet. March 11 and 12, I want to say. Are you guys going to that? Uh, not at this time. Yeah. Do we, um, do we know going? much about it? Yeah. Do we know what's no. like, what to expect? Yeah. I don't. Not no. Really. And no. that's what's going to make me a little bit nervous because mm. the tickets are like a hundred and something bucks. I'm like, I would like to know more. It doesn't seem like there's any sort of like 
big demos there or like real keynote speakers because it is a new thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering what I, is imagine, be there. Imagine the big three skipped PAX Oz last year and went to the Game Expo and no one fucking knew about it. So he's oh, there Jesus. with PSVR 2 demos and Nintendo's wow. demo. We're not doing E3 yeah. this year, like, so we're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, Cass is going to dress up like Jack from Jack 3. Um, she's going to be there on the 11th, I want to say. And I just told him, like, look, I I may not be going to the Game Expo, but I'm going to come in and see what I'm going to hand this to you. That's cool. So my job is to get it done by then. So Sweet. if you want to see some um, updates of it, I'll make sure to put them onto our social media, at Stormit AUS on Twitter. Very cool. I'm not posting it anywhere else, let's face it. Uh, but I also realized today that I forgot how to even glue foam together. So we'll find <laughs> out what happens. <sighs> but that's, that's that's where I'm at, at the moment. That's exciting. Right, after that's this cool podcast, back into we'll probably finish this podcast at like 11.30. Um, for those who don't know, we record on a Monday night. Not that it matters at all. <laughs> but I'll probably head into the garage um, with this Jim Beam and Coke still in my body. And I will continue sanding things. <laughs> That's who I am now. How do you how do you actually go about it? You mentioned it's foam. Is it like is uh, yeah? I wouldn't even know where to start making something like a prop blaster or that's anything like my, that. That's sort of my position as well. Oh, I've okay. never really done stuff with foam per se. See, I'm imagining it's paper mache and like ornament. like toilet roll holders and stuff like that. That's, that's all I've got. <laughs> so I, 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 I do look at things like that. Like Cool project, yeah. Like that's 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 the last reference yeah. I have to building anything that's meant to look like a lightsaber or a prop of any sort. So much, so many YouTube videos. There's so many good people. Like um, uh, Punish Props was probably the one I first started with, and I've got their books and everything like that. So I'm like flicking through, getting tips, and they're all like, "Oh, if you want to make," or well, nowadays, if you look watch any sort of prop making video, it's like, "Well, if you want to make this, you know, this gun from Halo, all you need to do is." Download the file below and print it out your 3D printer. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, ah, yeah, oh, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. go away. That's where I would have gone to. I've got a friend that would be like, hey, Jamie, <laughs> could yeah, you do exactly. this for me? I've got like his, his wares here. That's mm. some of his designs. 3D printed. Yeah. yeah it's nice. Yep. That's a reject but one like, too. I don't know. I've seen, you said like Punish Props are doing more and more 3D printing now, which is kind of turning me off the channel a little bit, to be honest. But people like Odin, Odin makes, he makes things quite simply and with things that are easy to get but then also you've got the whole thing of most people are in america and they've got all these tools and like you know they get all something from amazon and it's there within 15 minutes because a drone mm. drops on their house <laughs> i have yeah. to walk places like a neanderthal <laughs> <laughs> like, and then buddies doesn't even have what i need rude so, i know How buddies is meant to have everything yeah there are there are not great art supply shops and stuff like that in Australia. It's it's like uh art, not Art Attack. That was a na- that show on the BBC. Riot. There's, there's Riot Art. Riot. Thank you very much. Yes. It's kind of like Art Attack. I can see how I made that mistake. It, the um, logo yeah. looks like They're the still Art Attack logo. Only yeah. so good. Like yeah. Riot Shame. is to Art Attack what Catman do is to Survivor. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that means, but it does make sense. No, it hundred percent does. Yeah. yeah, some shows have shops. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we didn't do that. Okay. <laughs> Speaking uh, of things that don't work, let's get into it. <laughs> we also Quantumania last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. As dear listener, you can probably tell from my tone, I have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. But let's start with you two. You both saw it together. Mm-hmm. Let, let's, yep. let's go down the list. Because Joel, I know you're going to be the most hyped still about it. 
Um, I could see you really, really pushing through the tears here. Um, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yes, I was surprised the Wasp was in it too. Quantumania. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a that's a fairly big that that's that's a, a big point of contention. But like, it is nowhere near my favorite by any stretch. Um, did I enjoy myself? Yes. Am I excited that this is? To me, this seems like the first we've seen in this rebuilding phases uh, of the future, like of where things could be going and and, and the setup for for things to come. Um, and that's what gets me excited. Um, whether or not they can stick the landing, that's another question. But um, I, I'm excited to see where where we're going from here. We've we've now been introduced properly to Kang as well. Um, not just, uh, I can't remember his name in. He who remains. He who remains. So like, you know, this sort of like mysterious person. Um, and I think obviously that's probably the best part of that, of this movie. Um, I mean, it's Paul, Paul Rudd. Like I just, I will watch him read the phone book, honestly, like legitimately. Um, but then you chuck in some Jonathan Majors into this, just eating up any possible screen time that he has, um, especially in like those um, those final moments as well. Uh, he uh, just had a, a good old time. Um, yeah, but does Wasp deserve to be in the title? Probably not. But then again, Evangeline Lily seems like she's a bit of an idiot, so <laughs> um, I'm not too upset by that. Uh, I think. To be fair, so is the actor who who plays um, Shuri. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they gave her a whole film. So that's that's. They gave her a. True. They gave her a. Yeah, they gave her a franchise. They gave her the. They gave her a whole franchise. Yeah. yeah. The mantle. That's that's concerning, but um, yeah. No, I like it's. Uh, is the is the CGI very very bad? Yes. But I kind of like that in a sort of B-grade horror movie, like B-grade like sci-fi feel. It feels like it was, I don't know, I don't want to say this to try and like seem like I'm masking or like making excuses, but it seemed almost intentional in a way to set tone. I, uh, yeah. Um. No. <laughs> Men in Black 3 did it intentionally, okay? And it was funny. This was trying. Wait, I'm gonna bo- sorry. I'm gonna bottle it back up. Yep, okay. <laughs> boiling with rage. Right. Yep. Anyway, that I, I, like I enjoyed it. As, like as, as will come to no surprise to people who know me or if you've heard me talk about the MCU before. Uh, these, these are my stories. So like this is I, I go to the movies. I watch my my new soap opera, and then I speculate about what's to come in the future. And I love I I, I really enjoy that. So that's where I'm sort of sitting at the moment with it. So Joel has Stockholm Syndrome. What about you, Broad? <laughs> uh, it was interesting going into this movie. It's, I can't say I was excited necessarily about Quantumanium. The potential of Kang being in it was probably the most exciting thing. The idea of like seeing the quantum realm could be exciting too. A new place to explore a new you know, part of the MCU. And I genuinely enjoyed the Ant-Man films. In fact, re-watching them in the build-up to Quantumanium, I... I remembered how much I enjoy them. They're, they're not the top of my list of Marvel films, but the thing is there's enough quality in the MCU that even the mid-tier ones are like really fun time. And I had a really good time going back through Ant-Man 1, Ant-Man 2, um, and even his bits in like Civil War and Endgame and stuff like that. Um, and then the reviews started coming out. First, the impressions from the people who went and saw it, like 
the the uh, influencers who are Marvel fans who went and saw it at the premiere and stuff, and they were all raving about it because they always do. You never believe that. Then the real reviews started coming in, the critics coming in, and it was ugly. And I'm like, mm. well, fuck, this is a shame. I'm obviously going to go and make that opinion for myself, but this is a worry. And the movie started, started off pretty good. I was enjoying the opening sequence with Paul Rudd um, in the real world, talking about what's been happening since Endgame, etc. And we got to the end of the movie and I'm sitting next to my brother, uh, sitting next to a friend of ours and my brother and then Joel at the end. I sort of turned towards them wondering what they thought because I was sort of interested in how I was feeling. And we all just sort of looked at each other and went, I liked it. And genu- genuinely or generally, I liked it. I had a good time. I didn't have a bad time. I think uh, maybe the expectations being low because of the reviews helped somewhat. But I like I was entertained. It went for just over two hours. Um, I think there is a lot that you could say is not great about the movie. I think there is a lot of weaknesses. I think if you want to look at it as an individual film, there are lots of things you could complain about. As an Ant-Man film, as the third Ant-Man film, I think there's a lot of things that you could you'd have issues with. I think as where the MCU is going, I think there's a lot of things you could have issue with. As just like a two-hour adventure romp, I had a fine time. I'm not going to go back and sit at cinemas again. I probably won't watch it again on Disney Plus until like Ant-Man 4 or something comes around that's, you know, is worth going back to to check it out. Um, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I did not have a bad time. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I went and saw this early. I saw movies normally come out in Australia on Thursday. Um, we got like a early screening, so I got to see it at about 9.45 on the Wednesday before it came out. Went to the cinema. Now I've done, I've done a few Marvel films like this. I, I am, it's very much going to sound for the next hour and a bit that I hate Marvel films, but I go to, I've been to every midnight screening I could. Absolutely. I, I have been a fanboy for these. I like to leave the cinema and I... We'll theorize and they cut on the drive home. I've got a bunch of friends who watch them. We have group chats that we just tear them to apart, but like lovingly. We want to see where do all the pieces fit because these are such a big part of I was gonna say my childhood. I'm not that young. <laughs> my of your man life. childhood. Men- mental adolescence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my mid-20s. Um but yeah, we went early and I- I've been to these before and only they're packed houses. There's probably 15 people in there. There was no one felt- at ours too on yeah. the Thursday night. It was fucking empty. And the last few um, uh, Marvel films I've struggled with. I really didn't like Multiverse Madness. I really didn't like Love and Thunder. And I think if you take parts of No Way Home out, you take the gimmicks of No Way Home out and that movie's a mess. Fun. But a mess. I think the last uh, Marvel film, film I genuinely enjoyed was Shang-Chi. Mainly because of that bus scene. Yeah, there was like parts during 15 film, minutes into that movie too. Like that's yeah, it's so early. Good. It's so good. That's it's so good. very good. <laughs> the beat drops it. Anyway. Great song. There were parts in this film where I heard people in the cinema groan. So I laugh when they're not meant to. And not in that we're laughing with you, Marvel. It was like we're laughing at you. And at the end... 
I had more than one person basically stand up and say, that was fucked. <laughs> this was meant to be the film that set th- the trajectory for phase five and just Marvel onward. It, it had a bit of a weird period post-Thanos. This was meant to set the stage. This was meant to give us Kang. And jo- Jonathan Majors is not a, an actor you just fuck around with. He is like a force of nature when he's allowed to be in this film. There's a scene where he there he's got um Cassie and Scott in like prison cells, and he is ruthless. He is terrifying in a way that Thanos never was. That no Marvel villain has ever been. This was a villain that belonged in a different film, a much darker, darker film. And then it just all fell apart. Tonally inconsistent side characters that didn't need to be in it. a waste of good characters and good actors. Most people didn't need to be in this film. Um, the way they did, I actually didn't even hate how they did Modok. No, I enjoyed. Just, I liked what they with Modok. Really that it, end, yeah. the, the, where they finished with Modok was great. And then, like, yeah, I think I'm an Avenger. Yeah, yeah. I think the comedy was often pretty good in this film. I was having a good little chuckle. Mm-hmm. But the juxtaposition between the comedy and setting the new cosmic terror did not work at all. Because they tried to make some very heavy moments funny when they didn't need to be. They didn't need a joke. There could have been a heartfelt moment, but just saying, don't be a dick. That was shit. This dude... I'm going to I'm gonna get too much into story. I don't think that was meant to be heartfelt. I think that was meant to be yeah, that, that, upset for a that's joke. A, that's what I'm saying. That should have been heartfelt. There should have been a genuine moment there because all of Modok's lines up to that point had been jokes. They had never actually been like, hey, my guy, you tried to kill her. Oh, that was they pr- could have like, gone that direction, but I don't think I it had to have they- been that way. I, you, I, yeah. I understand wishing it, like, especially when they set up the idea that like, this is the B guy, right? Like, This is the, this is the guy that kidnapped me in, in the first movie, right? And held me hostage- um, when I was like five years old or whatever, you could Darren? have absolutely gone down that road. You absolutely could have. The film never pretends to do it though. The film never half does it and then pulls away from it. It just never does it. Now, if that's what you, you want, that's Hank Hill fine. Butt. Pardon? You see his little Hank Hill butt. You know, when, when, when Murder gets put together, you see his ass. Yes. Yeah. Hank Hill. Exactly. Yeah. He was a joke from start to finish. That's not totally inconsistent. That was that was complete. Now, with other parts of the movie, I understand what you're saying, and I understand what you might have wanted from that, but the movie wasn't going for it, and so it's like it's hard to dock something for like. I think uh, this is how I would have done it. It's like well, they weren't doing that; they just weren't. When I mean totally inconsistent, I mean its place within the like the film as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's actually let's go through the plot yeah. real quickly. Um, as with most Marvel films as of late, it was a. Uh, Situation of their own creation. Yes. For some reason, the, yes. the new Cassie Lane, wink, Lang, Lane, Lang, Lang, wink, wink, The third wink, one now. Asterix. Um, makes a, a doohickey that calls to the quantum realm. And then they're in the quantum realm. We're about 10 minutes in at this point. <laughs> For no Which, real reason, they're in the quantum realm. Now I'm going to ask a question about the quantum realm. Okay. Is the quantum realm a place you get to by shrinking so small that you kind of slip through the wall between universes? No, it's, and then you, no, it's or just... are you that small? It's that small is what they've established. Like, in the last... In number two, when um, 
or number one it might have been, whichever one it was, when they get small enough to be in the quantum realm, they're dealing with tardigrades. As in, they're getting mm. tiny, is what they're doing. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Why are they all in the same place? What do you mean? Oh, as in- You know, you know, you know when you watch like an, uh, like a, a superhero movie is probably a good example of this, and the aliens always happen to land, when, like, you know, next to the superhero's house, they always just happen to land where the characters you need them to land are. Yeah, they got That's pulled into the they but, shrink? but but Modok pulled them into the quantum realm. Like this is the same yeah, place that Janet 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 was this is the same place that Janet was. Now, the coincidence being that Janet and Kang were in the same place. I suppose it's true with with Darren too actually, now I think about it. Yeah, fair enough. They do all end up right in the same place. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cuz this is like ending on on the tip of a bee's dick. Like the odds <laughs> of this Pretty well, small. Oh, hold on, guess- hold on, hold on. Now, they're small. It's a universe. Jackets. It's very, 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 very small. But does that mean it exists the same way? Like, the quantum realm might be something that is extremely small, but also everywhere at once. Like, this is the quantum realm, you know? It's that, super positional. Pin- you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the I idea. I like that angle. And when you think of, like, quantum, you would think that, like, the laws of physics should yeah. not apply in any conceivable way. You could have sure. this whole film... Could have looked like those like mind bending scenes from Multiverse of Badness. The whole film could have just been that. See, now I think you're onto something, right? I think Marvel keep fucking up their titles, right? Quantum Mania yeah. suggests it's going to be pandemonium, right? And this film is not. It's more like Star Wars, right? In terms of yep, there's so weird much. creatures, but it's like it's it's not. Pub. It's not that, yeah, as a pub. It's not that different, really, to what we've seen in, like, the cosmic side of Marvel. Now, I was a big fan of Doctor Strange. Well, a, a fan of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I quite, it's the only one of the Phase 4 films I've seen twice, basically. Um, but that title was fucking dumb. Because Multiverse of Madness Sets yeah. an expectation for what it this does. movie's going to be. They go to three fucking different places. There's like yeah. only three um, uh, Doctor Strange in the entire film. It's not. It's not madness. It's not. It's not crazy enough to get earn that title. So they need to just it's cool the- their jets and just call it Doctor Strange two and fucking Ant Man three and stop setting the expectations of these fucking titles. Save, save those big, like, subtitles or, like, actual titles for your big tempole Avengers level threat movies and things like that. We, we, they, that's where you build those hype. Like, you have oh, something li- like... Live up, just, if you have the titles, just live up to them. But they just like, didn't. Yeah, while we're like, at it, far from home, he was at his home the whole time. If anything, he got visitors. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but they it were far Spider-Man from, their, they were far from, from their home. There were two that's other the Spider-Man thing. who were far from home. <laughs> That's what it should have been called, like Spider-Man, Far From Home, Brackets, not this Marvel one, the Sony one, the other, and the others, other, the, the question other mark, two. and Friends. Okay, now, now, no, no, you've gone too far. <laughs> Pull it back. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> um, now, also, with the, with the quantum realm, mm-hmm. did you guys find it really weird how those, they went, yeah, it was very Star Wars, it was very Guardians. But then some areas were just nothing. Was it kind of a boring setting? Yes. I, I Well, mm-hmm. in general, like this comes back to the whole idea. It just didn't live up to the exposition of quantum mania. It just was kind of whatever. It's, it's, 
it's disappointing because the the quantum realm has been built up quite a lot at this point. And then the build up to this being where Kang is, or this variant of Kang is, it, it really wasn't all that interesting. There are some good moments, like I enjoyed like drinking the goo, whatever it is, bit was pretty yeah. good. And like, there are some ideas, a lot of people have compared this to a Rick and Morty episode, but Rick and Morty goes way harder at being weird. Like- yeah. It uh, it just it had its moments, and then so often it's just pretty standard. The robot soldiers are not interesting. The rebels that that, that are fighting back, apart from maybe the spaceship houses that are also living, which are kind of cool. And Veb, like, yeah, I didn't, didn't hate them. I didn't hate them. That, that's or weird v. enough. That's like that's not that's not Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not normal. You know, Avengers Earth stuff. That's different. That's weird. Would they be wet inside like a kangaroo's pouch? Maybe. Maybe. That's great. It like, makes you ask that question. Them? It makes you go, huh, what would that be like? They look soft. Is, they look doughy. They do. They look like rub. They look like they've got made of skin. They look- A lot of yeast it's, in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Didn't need that. Visceral. <laughs> some yeast. It's, uh, I wonder if this comes down- to- my God, I wonder if this comes down to like the comparisons to, to something like Guardians, where James Gunn made a living making like weird and gross and like yeah 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 for like a better word visceral like looking movies. Um, and that's why those movies look like that. I don't that doesn't come to mind when I think of Peyton Reed, like really, because really when I think of Peyton Reed, all I think of is Ant-Man Ant-Man one, one two. two. So <laughs> that's. You know, it's. Uh, I, and I think that's a really good point. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I, you I, get I, Sam Raimi to do Multiverse of Madness, and you might not like that film, but you get Sam Raimi, right? You got he was the perfect person to do that film. Yeah, exactly. Right, he did mm-hmm. his schlock horror stuff that was really his campy horror stuff that was really fun. You get um, James Gunn to do Guardians. That's what you get, right? You get Chloe Zhao to do Eternals. You get Eternals for what that's what that's worth. You get Peyton Reed, who, as you said, has done Ant-Man 1 and 2, which were both comedy-grounded kind of heist movies. Yeah. To go and then make Quantumania, it just feels like it wasn't a good fit. Nah. I think it goes to the whole fact, like kind of like what you said with Multiverse of Madness, how Marvel pushed the whole like title of Multiverse of Madness and you just expect to be like, oh, no, yeah, that was Madness. There were three multiverses. Yeah. Oh, my days. In this one, why... Okay. Why are they so shocked at seeing humans when they live in a realm where Bill Murray just walks around? They've seen humans. Most of them are fucking humans. Okay. Oh, great. The whole joke didn't need to go for five minutes. The quantum humans seeing humans seemed weird. It, them reacting, not the other way around. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, what, what do you what, what do you mean? I you, don't know, man. That it, whole scene pissed me off so much because yeah. the Bill Murray scene. The Bill mm-hmm. the, yeah, that's when you knew, that's when you knew something was wrong, is when Bill Murray was stinking the joint up. It's like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah. And I, yeah, he was not in the room with. I think he was only in the room with who plays um, Michelle Pfeiffer, probably. Yeah, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah. I think he was only in the room with her uh, for reasons. Look, some and stuff that came listen, out it was filmed during COVID, so it's possible that 
a lot of this was messed up by that sort of stuff. Anyway, yeah. we get to the quantum realm. Um, uh, what what is the mum's name? Janet. Janet mm. had been there before. She's keeping all sorts of secrets. She met Kang. Yada yada. She helped Kang build a ship, or at least a good IKEA chair. Um, <laughs> realized that hey, this guy's a bit of a goofball. Get out of here. You're not going anywhere. Uses shrinking but embiggening technology to blow something up and put it inside of itself. It's quite unclear what the pin particles do. They are a MacGuffin within themselves now. It's also I hean, hard to understand end- how they work when you're already subatomic. Like, they're, they're meant to work to bring atoms closer together. That's why things shrink. So when you are subatomic... There's a space between atoms. What's left? <laughs> How are you? Like, How's that you work? You should sort of use one and it should destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It should yeah. come in. Or it should just be, crashing, not it should work be- because, like, you'll pass the point where that is relevant. Exactly. And if you can shrink yourself further down, well, then you could just make yourself bigger to escape, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. They do it- one of the most annoying things the films do. And it reminded me for a moment, moment from The Simpsons. In that Simpsons episode where Shelbyville steals the lemon tree. Yeah. Absolutely. And Nelson's like, something awful's happened. You know, come, I'll, 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 t- I'll t- get to come see. And they're running and he's drinking some water. And Milhouse's like, just tell us what happened. He's like, no, I can't tell you right now. I'll tell you when we're there. They do that multiple times to the point where it wasn't Hope Van Dyne getting angry. It was Evangeline Lily getting pissed off. <laughs> tell us what the fucking plot is. Holy shit. If you're in a situation and you have information <laughs> pertinent to said situation, pertinent to the safety of those around you, tell them. Tell them yeah. there and then. As soon as you land and a big blue ship comes over and they're like, hey, what's that? Be like, hey, guys, I didn't tell you. I'll fill you in more detail when we're at the pub. There's a pub. Kang's here. Bad dude. Stay away from blue lights and stuff like that. I'll, you know, I'll fill you in. Not... I, I can't tell you, but I can, but nothing would happen, but I won't. Wait, Bill Murray's here, look! Like, just shut up! Oh my god, it, that annoyed me so much. It wasn't just mm. me who was getting annoyed at that. Yeah. No, it, Jesse, and- you, it's legitimately awful. And like, it's, yeah. it just might, doesn't make sense because Hope has, no, sorry, Janet has no reason to, to be like this. Like, it's not... Like, at worst, it's like, what, is there guilt or something here? Or, like, there's short, there, there's just a million and one reasons why you should say, listen, this bad dude's down here, don't go there. Or be cautious if you're doing anything in the quantum realm before they were fucking around with it. Especially considering, might I add, that the end credit sequence of Ant-Man and the Wasp was them sending Scott down to the quantum realm to get fucking healing particles or whatever. It's like, she didn't tell him... She didn't have a problem with him going down then. She didn't tell him to watch out for this dude or anything. She was fine with them going to the quantum realm. She wasn't keeping secrets then. She wasn't like, don't fuck around with the quantum realm or anything. Let's go and like, it's the inconsistency there is very frustrating. And then she just doesn't have any reason to, if it's not like I, I made this guy, I'm like, whatever it is, like she helped him get his suit back or whatever. I don't know. It, it, that sucked that whole, I actually thought, the character of Janet Van Dyne is fucking irritating. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, she's 100%. not. She's not cool. No. I will get to this in a moment, but I'm so pissed off. Some characters didn't die in this. I, I, I needed that. Or yeah. just, you know, stuck in the quantum realm at the end, like they sort of yeah. suggested, instead of getting the, the, the special space door home. Like, 
Yeah. That was oh, super 100%. weird ending. Super weird ending. Also, is that door really small or is it big? Well, that's when the question. Step- it's is it how is it is it shrinking them, right? And this is where the confusion about is this like a different reality or is it making you are you just getting really small when they go through a door and they come out in the you know, an original size at the other end back in in you know, in San Francisco wherever they are. This is the problem. That door. I also don't know how that door was opened again. Wasn't that Darren's tech like who opened the it was Kang and it was opened from his side. So how'd they reopen it from that, their side? And if Kang could open that door, why didn't he um um open that door <laughs> and yeah. leave? No, he no, he needed the power source. That's why. This is it. This is that was the, the whole that, that was we- the whole plot of the movie. He needed the power source thing that Janet blew up. That was the whole point of the funny film. with the power source, though. You know how she, like, threw the pin particles at it? If she just made it bigger and more powerful, she's like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, just with Janet real quickly, we are saying that, you know, the re- why doesn't she say anything? And it's sort of implied that she feels guilty in, in the film. She's like, oh, well, I left like everyone that. here with Kang. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, but, you know, you saved every other timeline. You would still be considered a hero. Hmm. And then we've got, like... Oh, I left one here. Janet, nobody here likes you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have like one friend and Bill Murray who's just like, oh, I remember how we used to, how we used to fuck. I'm Bill Murray. Remember how we used to want to drink? We used to fuck. Anyway, I'm bad now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that section of the movie basically where they start, yeah, Bill Murray starts explaining things and then they're not explaining things. And then she finally starts explaining things. It's like, it's a real dead spot in the middle of that movie that was just like, it was like constantly like, I I was almost waiting for like Janet or Bill Murray's character or anyone else who's talking about Kang, but not really talking about Kang to just fully spike the fucking lens and just be like, (laughs) I can't say anything and have like a dun 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 (laughs) underneath it. That's what it started getting like in that part of the movie where I'm just like, all right, we get it. We as an audience know that he who remains is a thing is being played by the same character. Even if we didn't know about Kang or anything like that, we know that he is a character that exists in this multiverse or whatever you want to call it. Like we don't need that. The characters don't really need that. Why is it here? Like it's yeah. And them knowing they could have known everything about Kang from the start or as much as, as Janet knew from the start, it wouldn't have affected the path they took at all. They still would have had to have gone to find each other. Mm. Maybe just more carefully, they wouldn't have surfed around in a big stingray, I guess. I I, I don't Hmm. know. Like, is that that very visible? Can the cops see that? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so we've got Hope, Janet, and Hank. Yes, uh, Hope and Hank are in this film, but we won't mention them again. There's no point. (laughs) Um, They're trying to find Cassie and... uh, Got... Scott, thank you. They've split up, yada, yada, yada. They find a group of, like, rebels who aren't explored at all and may may be one of the biggest waste of talent in the Marvel, in the MCU, with uh, William Jackson Harper from The Good Mm. Place. Yeah. Playing a character who didn't need to be in the film, who had a power that didn't get used in the film. He was just there. He's like, I can read minds. All right. He, I think he used it once usefully to be like, they're telling the truth. It's like, okay. It was, I, I mean, I enjoyed the bit. The bit of him like, stop thinking that. And it's like, okay. And he's like, you're still thinking that. Made me laugh. 
the mm-hmm. I I I yeah. Um, listen, could that guy have been used to better effect in the MCU? Absolutely. But what I got, I enjoyed. It didn't offend me. It wasn't. It wasn't unenjoyable. It didn't make me cringe. I just enjoyed it for what it was. It was fine. Now the rebels. Yeah. I agree with you, and especially the leader lady. Uh, they want you to care, but they do zero work to make you care. Like, zero work. There are just too many characters in this film. There's enough room. They need to have them be with the Rebels for a lot longer or her to come along with them um, for a big part of the adventure and explain what was going on, be there much earlier in the film. I don't know. Something else. It didn't work. I agree. Um, but again- no Rebels. Because Kang should have killed them all. Like, Kang didn't- Sure. Wouldn't even just use them for, like, fuel and meat? Or just have them be more secretive. Everyone's working within this society and it's, like, way deeper down. Bill Murray is pretending to be a lord or whatever, but secretly he's- They're doing the Andor thing. They're trying to, like, you know, get the rebellion happening in the background or whatever. This film didn't have time for that. It was doing the Star Wars thing. It just- It was a- They they try to make him into Lando Calrissian. But yeah, they, didn't exactly see the, they didn't see the full Lando arc. They only the first five minutes like, oh, yeah, and he betrays them. All right, cool. That was a good film. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. I do wonder whether maybe Bill Murray had more stuff and was cut, either because A, he was so. shit, or B, he's now considered a sex pest. And like- yep. Shit, either way. <laughs> yeah, either way, they were like, you're gone. Yep. I think that's yeah, quite possible. But what's left yeah, is, I, I've is got not a, good. I've got a feeling. But even then, they could have just cut that scene. With well, with I, we talked about this squid. on the way out. We Could did, you have yeah. found a way to do this better? And I think just let's imagine uh, they're going to the bar because they're trying to find information, hear rumors about where Scott and Cassie might be. And then someone recognizes that someone we never have to hear from recognizes Janet, gets on the comms to Kang's men. All of a sudden they're showing up and then they've got to escape. And like, yeah. and from a distance, Kang, uh, Janet sees... No, they're actually... that was This is like Liam suggested, my brother. They arrive and they're actually sort of winning, but then this other ship shows up that's got Kang on it. Janet sees Kang and goes, we need to get the fuck out of here. And Hope and uh, Hank are like, why? We can take these guys. She's like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And she pulls them away and they're like, what the fuck? What was that? And then she has to explain them who Kang is, right? Like, and you didn't need to have Bill Murray in there at all. No. Nah. <laughs> Do no, that. I think there's two things in, in, what, in what we've just said about the Bill Murray scene, the pub scene, mm. and um, William, what's his name? William Jackson Harper's character. Mm-hmm. There's two things I would have done with both of those. I think Donald the Major's performance was amazing, but Kang never seemed all that menacing because he didn't have a body count and he didn't actually seem like he ruled that much. Like there's a massive. Didn't have a body rebel. count. He vaporized like, but like dozens but like and known, dozens of people. Known characters. Like no one. Oh, no one I, that see. We gave a I see what you're saying. About. It's, this um, is, but this is the weird thing with Kang, right? It's like yeah. this still isn't kind of Kang. He's just. But if we saw the that even a minor was, Kang, oh, even one minor Kang was this powerful, sure, sure, you'd sure. be like, okay. So what I would have done, two things. Sure. Is have, um, what was Good Place guy's character's name? No one knows. No one uh, knows. Let's call, let's call him Lombo. Um, <laughs> Just, Lombo? Yep. Could you Lombo. imagine if, if there was a part, maybe towards the end or whatever, when Kang's crushed the resistance and has Lombo and is like, I'll kill him. Tell me where they are, I'll kill him. If tell me where they are, I'll give him away. And there's that moment, I think a bunch of movies have done it, where they tell Kang what he needs to know and then Lombo looks at him and is like, 
he's not going to. I, I know what he's thinking, you know. Mm. He killed he killed me five minutes ago. I'm dead. And he just kills him. That would have been like, oh shit, menacing. That's what I cool. really would have liked in that pub, if that was their one moment they thought they were safe, they were relaxing, mm-hmm. they're having like a family moment. Jonathan Major being so charismatic, even though even like he's probably more charismatic as he who remains, but even in this, he had a charisma about him. Could you imagine mm-hmm. if he just he just he just like literally just popped into existence in that, in that chair that was there? They're just talking, and suddenly he's there, and he just looks at her. And he's like Janet, like he is overwhelmingly powerful in this universe. He knows all. He sees all. This is his realm. You left him for what thirty years or whatever it was. How many years? Thirty years? Probably too much. How many years he was in there? And in that time, he has conquered this place. Mm. He is Kang the Conqueror. Let him conquer the place. He has complete dominion of this. He's like, I've got he's, people everywhere. And he, he just like literally just pops into existence right next to him. That would be terrifying because he could be anywhere at any time and he will kill people whenever he wants to. I that would make him a- feel different to Thanos. Thanos had... Uh, there was a very cinematic whenever he arrived. There was all sorts of fanfare. This guy could just pop in and he could just... Suddenly the room was his. He could literally just come in and eat the scenery. That would have been it's, really cool and yeah, so unpredictable. I think he needs some limitations. That seems that's like so quantum powerful. Quantum baby. Oh, and just because it's in the quantum realm. Yeah, maybe. The other thing is too. I think we spoke about this when we were sort of like post movie when we saw it. Like he is an outcast of the other kings who are much more powerful. So maybe I assume. Um, at least those three we see in that end credit sequence that seem to be sort of the overlords of the Kangs, of the Kang dynasty, if you will. So he's like an outcast. So, I mean, it would have been good to see, like, why, exactly why he was an outcast. I was like, but I think it's because maybe he was weak. I don't know. Why didn't they kill him? Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, that's, that's a good question. Why didn't they just kill him? The theory there was they don't want to kill Kangs, but that's kind of the whole point. Like, well, at least the way it was explained to us by He Who Remains is that they go to war and they fucking tear each other apart doing it, and he was the one that was left. The thing is, though, the um, the whole thing of Kang, both of them we've met, both say everyone else is worse than me. Do you know what I mean? They've yeah. both been like, I'm the one you want to keep around because everyone else is worse, which is a really cool detail that every one of them thinks they're like the good one i really like that detail uh, i want them to run with that going forward but i hear what yeah. you're saying it didn't if it's funny what what the problem with the meta textual side of this is that we all know because we already know the title of the next fucking avengers film right which is still four or five years away that kang is the next threat but if you were just coming into this and you didn't have that knowledge, would you necessarily know that he was the next level threat? And Do you like, remember we seen that make... poorly CGI Thanos at the end of like fucking what, Captain America or something? Uh, whatever the first, it was. Of, first Avengers. Avengers. First, first Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. yeah. And you saw him. Fine, I, I didn't do know myself. that he was going to be the next big thing. And it's like, oh, okay. Purple fella. Yes. Right. That's and some, like. That's, that's some good CGI. Yeah. And you, you could feel them building because. Infinity Stones are coming into it. You could hypothesize, but they never really said until it was crystal clear that, okay, Thanos is going to be the guy that gets us in the end game, right? 
And so the fact that they've sort of telegraphed this so far out maybe is part of the problem. Because again, it's expectation setting the same way those titles are. It's like Kang's the dude. And like, yeah, but this is an Ant-Man film and you decide not to kill anybody in it. So he doesn't really feel like the dude. So stop it's, saying he's the dude. Or either show it or don't do it. <laughs> it, it it's funny because it feels like- Or don't say it. For so long, we, we were like, you know- the MCU has earned this moment, like leading up into Infinity War and Endgame, we're like, the MCU yeah. has earned this moment. It's done the hard work, rah, rah, rah. And we like slandered the DCEU, you know, probably for good reason in some way, in some aspects, but um, because they, they were just trying to rush to the end. And it's funny that Marvel almost seemed like they're falling into that trap now. They've like got this audience that are like expecting something and like the expectation of like, oh, there's going to be something in the credits and then we get, you know, a fun little joke or we get, like you were saying again, bro, after we saw the movie, we you get something like a, a character that might show up again. We don't really know if they're going to come back. Um, That's my biggest like we did pet peeve. With, yeah, like we did with, with Love Eternals and Thunder. And, and Love Eternals. and Thunder yeah. and um, Multiverse of Madness. All three of them end oh, with like... Yeah. Characters oh, yeah. that suggest the next movie in that franchise that, that has not been announced yet. And we can see five years into the future of films that are meant to be coming out. And it's like, you're just, this is getting ridiculous. The rate at which this is expanding, like, exponentially outwards is getting to the point. How is it, how is it possible to attach myself and, like, grab onto any part of this universe when you just keep throwing more of it at me before you finish dealing with this last part. Like that's one of the things I, if I'm, if I'm going to be start being positive at all about um, Ant-Man, the Wasp Quantumania, the end credit sequence, the first one with the Kangs, you know, does a decent job of telling us where they're going with Kang. Okay, cool. Set some expectations that hopefully they can deal with soon. But the second one I loved because it's the mm -hmm. way those credit sequences should be, which is, Give me a little bit of hint of that thing that's only six months away. Oh, Not yes. that theoretical fucking Thor, fourth Thor film that may never happen. Or that next, God knows when we're going to see Charlie Theron's character or Harry Styles in Eternals. Did Eternals do well enough? They're going to make an Eternals too. Like, don't do that shit. Like, yeah. give me the little nod to how this connects to um, Loki season two because I'm so excited to watch that show. Because season one was so good in particular. We're at a point where people have more fun hypothesizing what the next Marvel, not movie, phase is going to be than watching the actual film itself. Could people watch these mm -hmm. films for the after credit sequence at this point? Though, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to barrel through the rest of the story really quickly. Okay. Than uh, Thanos. You predicted Thanos. two hours and we're on track, so that's good. Yep. Kang comes in, he captures Scott and Cassie. They have a few laughs. He says it until Cassie. It's a whole thing. He tells um, Scott, A, you can shrink. Can you shrink down to get this little um, engine core thingy thingamabob for my ship Mul so I can go take over the universe. Multiverse engine. So I can go through and kill every universe but yours. Wink. You could trust me. <laughs> I'm just hanging your daughter over. I'm upside down and threatening to kill her. You could trust me. Wink. Um... I'm a good guy. Also, Mo also Modoc's there. Actually, let let's, let's stop for a moment. Modoc, friend of the show. Um, so Darren Cross, Yellow Jacket, 
gets shrunk down, not evenly. <laughs> um, big old head, small arms, small legs, little butt. Um, what did we think of Modok? Because this has split fans, and the CGI, the look of it, I think I, I saw it, and I had flashbacks to Love and Thunder when they saw the kid and the projector, and I'm just like, oh no, not again, <laughs> surely not. What did you guys think of Modok? I. I I really enjoyed Modok in this. I think because my knowledge of Modok in general is like just like very cursory. And then from what I watched of, I think I watched like half the series. Um, I want to go back and watch the rest of it now of um the Pat Oswalt. Modok. Yeah, the Pat Oswalt uh, TV animated TV series. It was fun. Yeah, okay. It's but again in that he's a joke. He is a joke. Everyone knows he's a joke, and he is like. He is like Pinky in the brain. He's like the brain from Pinky in the brain levels of like, I'm going to take over the world. Everyone's like, sure you are, Modok. Like, good boy. You get back in the corner. Like, and it, it, they sort of carried that feeling over into this version of Modok. And I, I, I enjoyed that. I think because it sort of fell in line with what I sort of knew about the character anyway. Um, in terms of the CG, I think it's one of those instances where it was like, it was so silly but it just, it worked because they sort of lent into it a little bit with him just being this, like, especially the more human he became, I guess, through it, the, the funnier it got. Um, and yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to think that was their intention, but who knows? Um, yeah. And then he's all the way up to his, um, his demise at the end is a uh, very funny. He's, his <laughs> final Avenger. lines, I'm an Avenger. It was very, very, that good. was very good. Think, yeah, very, very funny. And I think a nice little end for him. He gets his own little sting, music sting as well. It was great. I'm very right similar. I, I'm, I am aware of Modok. I've never read a comic that's got Modok in it. I have no affinity for the character or what to expect. He's always looked goofy. They made him a joke and it worked fine for me. And even the way he looked, yeah, it looked crummy um, in, in a sense, but it also, everyone's reaction to like, what happened to you, Darren? Sort of like... Mm, not that they were in on the joke, but it just didn't matter because they weren't trying to make him menacing. He was meant to look stupid and he did. Um, could it have been better? Like the way it looked, maybe. Did it matter? No. You guys are going to be shocked with how negative I've been about the film. I actually love Murdoch. I think Murdoch yeah, I thought was good. one of the best parts of the film. Yeah. And it would have been a perfect villain in this film if he was the only villain. If they stuck to this being a, a comedy, oh, and I'll get to yeah. that soon, he would have been actually... phenomenal. Because we never yeah. got to see, like, he is, he's the hunter. They keep calling him the hunter. You never really get to see him hunt that much. He has, he's got this cool weaponry, over-the-top weaponry, these, like, plasma-cutting things. You don't get to see that enough. Um, and I would have liked, at the end, he does, have, he does turn against Kang. But it's more about him being like, oh, I don't want to be considered a dick. I'm not a dick. Yeah, da, 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 da. We can keep saying dick until we get, you know, the senses get us. I would have liked that turn to him realizing that he wasn't just being a dick. He was being a monster. Like when he was Yellow Jacket. And that, that I wanted some complexity there. But other than that, yeah, he's a bonkers character and they made him fucking bonkers. He's a dumb looking, he's a big fucking head. <laughs> Yeah, it's and you know it's what Marvel gave us silly. a big fucking head. That was perfect. Yep. Yep. Um. Anyway, sorry. Back to the plot. He tells uh, Kang tells Lang to shrink down. Go get this call. 
he goes in there, time like dilates or some sort of, I don't know, some sort of magic goes on in there. He has like a, a crisis of self where there are trillions of little ant men and then they start working like ants. It's the whole thing. You've seen it in the trailers. It's fine, but doesn't really do anything with the plot. Yada, yada, yada. It has yada. a very weird solution too, where it's like he throws the thing to make it small and it doesn't work. And then what works is they just throw a bunch of them at once. Yeah. It's like, that's that's a shitty- overload it. It's fine. Sure. But it was just like, oh, I thought it was going to be something a bit more interesting or a bit cleverer than that. Like, oh, just, okay. Just a bunch of them. All right. I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) let's fast forward to the end. There's all sorts of goofs and guffaws. (laughs) Um, Thanos has- (laughs) Fucking hell. <laughs> Blue Thanos, sorry. Blue Thanos has his army because he needs them of just mindless drones that can be defeated with a hard kick. Um, and he's ready to go conquer. Kang the Conqueror style. Uh, the good guys have a plan, which apparently is Ant-Man does this thing that's really interesting. It's really original plan. He decides to go big. Wow, never seen that in this film, films before. Mm. Also, sorry, hold up. For a film... With Ant-Man in it, did you find the lack of shrinking and unshrinking, which is beginning, a bit weird? Like, the final fight, he doesn't... Isn't the whole point that he has to shrink and kind of go big and stuff like that to get... Like, he tells you mean, Cassie, you need to, like, press the button while you punch so you get the momentum. You mean he while never he's fighting does Kang that at the end? Kang? Oh, it's because his helmet gets broken, he can't. It's like he can't do it with... Like, he... the This is this is how Darren became Modoc. Right, it's like in, he his helmet gets cracked. He can't shrink or get bigger at that point. So it becomes yeah. a fist fight. It's the whole point. It's the whole thing. But but a a that annoys me though because when him and Cassie are big, they both take their fucking helmets off and hug each other. Keep your fucking helmets on, guys. It's the whole goddamn uh-huh. point. It also happens in two where when he's like the the preschool size one, he has his helmet off too. He goes big and small a couple of times. He should be dead. He should be a Modoc. Don't get me started on that. Um, <laughs> but I, this is the biggest problem with the, the the thing. One of the things that made Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp so cool is because it's set in the real world and they're getting big and getting small and turning Salt Shakers big and turning Thomas the Tank Engine big and, and all being small enough that like Thomas the Tank Engine running over them is hilarious. In the quantum realm, we don't have any point of reference for anything that's in there. So when they do shrink or get big, it doesn't matter. It could yeah. they could be any size. It doesn't matter. Even when they're big doing their Godzilla bit, unless you knew, unless unless they because they slow down their voices or whatever and made them talk like this because I'm big. It's like there's no point of reference to why that's important. No. Now if they when did that in San Francisco, War, yes, gone. Oh, I was going to say, if let's say that this that same scenario, Cassie and Scott both do Godzilla in San Francisco. They walk out into San Francisco Bay and they do that hug next to the Golden Gate Bridge that they've just destroyed. All of a sudden, that's great, right? Yeah. That bit works. It doesn't work in random sci-fi city number 604. Like, we don't give a shit because there's no point of reference it's the real world anymore. Sorry, I just had like a... Whenever I talk about Marvel films, I just imagine moments I wish they did. Could you imagine if this film started with him helping the governments of the world being giant man, pulling the head of the Eternal out of the, uh, out of the water? <laughs> that would have been so good. Been awesome. And linked it back in because the Eternal... Like gonna come. Anyway, that's just me. Um, 
And it was also referenced that the, the general public are starting to become aware of that in She-Hulk. So Yeah, exactly. That, that would have been cool. Like, oh, we need to hide this big head. Oh, it'd be cool if they shrunk it. <laughs> and they oh, had yeah. it in like a box. There you go. That's the solution right there. That's it. There we go. Um, and whatever so, version of the pin particles that they used to do that was what you used to like shrink the core down like and you link that back in from the start. I don't know. Um, then the end of the movie is really messy. As mentioned earlier, there's some sort of door that opens up. Half the family goes in there. Oh, sorry. Hank Pym's in, the, in this film as well and he's real horny for ants. And <laughs> fucking loves like, them. He, he's like dripping for ants. Yeah, <laughs> love them. Love them. Um, absolutely. Just, <laughs> he didn't want to be here. Um, the ants shrunk with them at the start of the film and for some reason they went through some sort of time dilation and lived like a billion years they went to a time they, vortex which yeah. is something that will never be explained again it got it uh, got mentioned in ant-man the wasp all right it janet van dyne says watch out for time vortexes when they send scott down the post credit sequence it's all right too. how could yeah, have been if we saw it. one covered <laughs> yeah like, no, no uh, I, I know i know i know oh, god damn it anyway um, these like uh, future ants come and they beat the shit out of the next big bad. They beat the ever-loving fuck out of Kang, which I'll get to the Kang problem m- momentarily. Anyway, yada yada yada. Magic door to the real world opens up. Half the family goes in there. Scott goes in. You know, goes to enter. Oh, Kang's still alive! Yay! Maybe there'll be a good ending with him. No, not really. There's a fist fight uh, where Scott should have died he should have been killed pretty quickly instead he throws a bunch of pin particles at the uh that little what's it called the engine Mm. the The quantum engine the multi multi multiverse multiverse engine i believe it's called sorry he throws a bunch of them a punch apparently throwing a bunch of them does whatever the script needs it to do they suck kang into nothingness And then he steps through, and then all is well. Um, then just before the credits, it does revert back to the same storytelling motifs as the uh, intro. It was Scott narrating, but there's something on his mind. He's remembering that Kang basically said, if you kill me, there's worse to come. Like Bod said, I'm, the, I'm not the worst one. You'd rather me. Uh, and he's like, oh, did I just end the universe? <laughs> Probably not. And he starts skipping down the road. Credits. He eats ice cream and goes, ah, and that's where it ends. So if they, let's imagine, right, we didn't, just didn't know that Jonathan Major was cast as Kang, right? Let's imagine we still got introduced to He Who Remains, but they never said the word Kang, right? Uh, Or never, there was never any implication, even the idea of Conqueror. They just didn't connect those dots in Loki originally. Then imagine Ant-Man the Wasp happens. They're showing all these things, but they're suggesting that Modok is the bad guy or maybe Bill Murray in the trailers is the bad guy. And then it turns out to be Kang. No one knew about. They never announced that Kang Di- Secret Wars, Kang Dynasty, whatever the future Avengers film is called, is there. Then, yes, this Kang gets beaten, but we've already seen one more. We didn't realize at the time, but we have seen one more. And then we get that incorrect sequence with all the Kangs. And, th- and we have that same ending where Paul Rudd's like, oh, I wonder if there'll be more of them or whatever, or if I've really defeated him. And then we start to connect. Kang is the next uh, big bad, right? It happened that way. Even though this one goes down like a chump, just the expectations wasn't there that Kang was going to be cool. 
But there's that like, looming like idea that this guy might come back in some way, and then we see the Council of Kings is like, oh fuck, like even, this would have hit. For better, for better or worse, you keep the movie as it is, and you yeah, as release is. it just you, just you, those bits. But you put it, you release it four months after end of Loki, which apparently was meant to. Or yeah, and that I think makes things have been sense. moved around a lot too. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because like I feel like. There's been more time for people to speculate and research for the people who are like me that don't have that prior knowledge that go, oh, well, who is this Kang fellow? And then you look into things and you go, oh, okay, maybe they're going to do this. And that's when the snowball starts rolling. Um, yeah, having, like, less time to be able yeah. to do that I think might have been made this hit a little bit harder. Um, I think harder. something Tim – yeah, there's something Tim Getty said on, on their, like, spoiler-free review. This movie, is right? how I like, would have wanted the film to go. Because Marvel is in a position, which I don't think any other company's ever been in, where they could release a movie basically without a trailer and people would see it. They did. Endgame showed only stuff from basically the first hour of the film before any of the time. They could have just had the fucking title on a black poster and people would still paid. As many people would have seen that movie. Go on. This movie should have just had a trailer. For the comedic parts. This should have been played up as a comedy. Because that's what MM movies are. Could you imagine if this movie came into it? It's like, oh, they're going to be fighting MODOK. It's going to be an absolute blast. You get it, you come in the way. You make it light-hearted. It's a family romp. Having all sorts of fun. Exactly. It is wild. You're having, you're having a laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Ragnarok, that, okay? Le- but yeah, then, lean into that like that B-grade sci-fi yeah. feel that, that Quantumania. Oh. But then yeah, halfway yeah, yeah. through the movie, the penny drops. Kang's introduced. Suddenly, Modok. Maybe Kang kills Modok. I would have loved if Modok, like you, never quite knew what Modok was doing, and he's like, you, know, you see him kind of like scurrying away, like in his little like office or whatever, like making inventions and shit like that. Because I would have loved to have seen more of that side of Modok. But he's like, you know, you hear him like being like, everyone calls him a conqueror, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Sort of thing. I will. Sh- I'll show them how to conquer. I'm better than him. Kang rolls up, just wipes him out. The big bad of this film, Modok, is done. In- instantly. No, like, like it was nothing. Kang suddenly a threat, and the whole vibe of the film changes. Because what Quantumania, for me, what really fucked me up about it is the highs and lows between this dramatic acting from Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. being very threatening, and then these comedic elements. They didn't work. And it was actually a real shame because um, Paul Rudd showed his dramatic chops in this, and you don't really yeah. get to see that enough. Marvel's quite good when it does like pathos and heavier material. I would have loved this movie just be split in two. So when Kang comes in, you know that the dynamic of Marvel has changed. That's what mm-hmm. this needs to be. This needs to be Kang putting his foot down, saying, "This these next phases are mine. I am to be feared." There's a body count in this film. Hank dies. Janet dies. Maybe the wasp dies. I don't know. Murdoch dies. Some would say the hierarchy of power would have changed. I hate you forever, so much. <laughs> forever. I hate you so much. <laughs> but but have that, and then when don't have this Kang die either, which I'm, I'll get to in a moment. Have a moment, kind of like you know when um uh Bruce Banner escapes and he lands back on Earth and he's like he's coming. Have that moment again. But it's Scott. He he's the only one who comes back. Him and Cassie are the only ones to come back. Okay, and he's like, I need to get everyone together again. Suddenly, you know, holy shit, 
we don't have half the Avengers anymore. They need to form up. There's a massive threat coming and this threat doesn't fuck around. That would have set the scene for the films coming forward and been done in such a confident way with like the whole like twist in marketing. That would have been so cool and you could have had Jonathan Major business like force on screen. However, what this film did instead was the alien versus aliens thing for me. I think I've mentioned this a few times. I prefer Alien. Because mm-hmm. the alien I is I agree. terrifying. It is the only need one to be the most the scariest thing on Earth. The mm-hmm. moment you introduce multiple of something, that thing becomes very fallible. It has become cannon fodder. So when they have mercenaries and aliens, you know, ah, some of these animals are going to get nerfed. Who gives a shit? Whatever. It's not this like unholy fucking horror that's a xenomorph and alien. Yeah. That's what happened with Kang. We saw a Kang now get ass kicked by a bunch of ants and then a bunch of shrinky particles. And just die like a fuck. Killed by a non-superpowered superhero. He didn't have his powers at that time. He just threw a bunch of particles at him. So when you see a big coliseum full of them... Also, one of the um, Kangs reminds me of... Um, oh, the dude from uh, Rogue One. I can't remember the actor's name. But he's like, lies! Uh, Deception! The... Uh, Chal- What's his name? Whitaker? No. Oh, yeah, Saul Guerrero. Saul Saul Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah. The way he was speaking reminded me so much of him. But yeah, you see this whole thing of like Colosseum full of Kangs. It's like, okay, cool. We just need more ants, I guess. I I didn't fear them at all. However, it was that second one, the second aftercredit sequence, which is leading into Loki season two, when Loki sees him. And Loki, you remember, is being one of the most powerful characters I've had in Marvel. Used to Mm -hmm. be the big bad. He sees him not even superpowered, and he's fucking terrified. That was cool. That set a tone. And that's what I wish they were all leaning into. Basically, the Avenger, the MCU as it was, I, Kane need to come in and really shake it up, being like, you guys are comfortable. You guys thought you were safe. You never were. That would have been so goddamn cool. And instead, they tried to have their cake and eat it too by having this as a comedy plus introduction yeah. to the main big bad for the next few phases, and they just fucking drop the ball so hard. I agree. I think, I'm not I think you're right. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a miscalculation, right? Like the the thing that's weird too is Kang is not like an Ant Man villain. He's a Fantastic Four villain. Um, it's weird. They chose this, and they they chose wrong. <laughs> Basically, the yeah. wrong entry point. For this character, maybe he should have been in whatever Fantastic Film we, Four film we get eventually, which still seems like a long way off. When are we getting that movie too? Yeah, um, no, nothing it, it, Maybe just keep introducing him through the Loki TV show. Maybe put him in the Marvels or something like that. So he's you know, whatever. Yeah, there's a miscalculation here. I don't disagree with that. I think, I think a lot of Phase Four has been them really trying to figure out what to do next and. And kind of fumbling their way through it. And that doesn't mean they haven't been entertaining. Like I said, I had a good time with this movie. There is, we really haven't talked enough about like the things I enjoyed. I really enjoyed the comedy beats. I really enjoyed Paul Rudd the whole way through this movie. Mm-hmm. He is just great to watch. Um, I liked the ants. I know them. I is great. P- killing or, you know, defeating Kang is maybe not a great choice when you're trying to set this guy up as being the next big bad. But like, I don't know why I was really glad there were like hyper technical giant ants in this film <laughs> that did the ride of the rower rim. Do you know what I mean? Like that did it for me on some weird level. I like that choice, how weird it was. 
Um, but tonally, from film to film, as building towards something or as a franchise that's continuing on post-Endgame, I think though it was an impossible task and we're learning that it's, it doesn't matter. Even I don't think even Kevin Feige in the MCU can actually... can act Once you've crescendoed, you keep going, it's just diminishing returns. And that might be the biggest problem we have here. Well, the other, the other thing, that. yeah, go Sorry. on. No, I was like, let's get into that moment. But I just wanted to mention the, the ants. I actually really like the ants. Yeah. I just think they were too serious. In in all the other Ant Man films, when the ants are on screen, they're funny. They're like pets slash friends. Like I thought Anthony that was playing the drums and stuff like that. I didn't see that enough in here. Could you imagine if at the start of the film, because they rush getting into the quantum realm, if you see that he has a new like, if um Hank has a new favorite ant. Now, Anthony was the favorite he did ant. Talk, he did talk about the ant. Oh, I see. You want, you want one. You want one if specifically. If you had one favorite like, and then okay. when, and, they've, and when they've, was... like, gone through and they've, like, you know, become more techno- technologically advanced, if he was, like, their king and that was, like, the joke, <laughs> that would have yeah. been sure, so sure, fun. Sure, sure. Hey, couldn't, they, that... couldn't have been a king. It was a socialist society. They established yeah. that. See, to me, mm. that was the bit that was, like, that, that was the humor, right? Giant fucking hyper-technical ants. Hank, as you said, is fucking frothing about this. He can't believe he's found these boys again. Look what they've become. And then they show up and they have that line about like, you know, we could really learn about socialism, or whatever. Like the, to me, that did hit the comedy beat. Fine. That was I wasn't meant to take them seriously, you know? Like it was, it was silly. It was silly. And it was fine that it was silly. But it was like when Kang meets the Ant-Man silliness, doesn't mesh. How are you mm. feeling about things like so? This is, let's talk about where the MCU is at the moment a little bit, if it's yes. okay with you. I'm taking over your podcast. Um, <laughs> Go for it. Somebody has to lead it. The <laughs> I was thinking about this today. We're bringing in like Daredevil and Kingpin now from the Netflix MCU stuff, and Daredevil was a grim fucking show. Matt Murdock is depressed, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And there he goes to She Hulk, and he's basically in a rom com. Now, last time we saw him, and I didn't see Daredevil season three because I gave up after season two was shit. Um, uh, I, mean, I never saw the last season of any of those shows. They, were, they all went to shit. They anyway, all went to shit, yes. They all went to shit. Um, did, how do you feel about like, like, is there room to take a character like Daredevil? And when he's over here in, in Daredevil Netflix, he's grim, dark, and broody. But when he's in She-Hulk, he's less so. He's still Daredevil. He's still Matt Murdock. He's still played by Charlie Cox. He's still recognizably the same character, but he's a little more carefree. And I actually quite like it because yeah, that, that I, is one of the most comic booky things that they do. Is that right? The characters are characters can they move need to be between. Personal. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So can it, can we get away with that in the MCU films? Is that okay that maybe in this one Kang is a little bit of a joke, but ultimately he's going to be the big bad guy? I think. Like, the, can the we make that work in this one? It, if they had a Kang kind of with the same charisma as He Who Remains in this one, that would have worked really well. But Kang was never funny in this one. He was always sure. brooding and serious and funny stuff. Why the fuck was Modok his right-hand man? Head. Why? Like, uh, he, wa- he wasn't really, was he? He was just the hunter. He was, just- he was the hunter. But like, even then, like, why did Kang save him and give him all this tech? Because movie need to have. I don't know. It was. I enjoyed it. If it was, I didn't if, even think about that but much. that's what I'm saying. If it was he yep. who remained, he would have seen him as a pet. He would have seen him as a joke, and would have kept sure. pushing that button with him. And then that's when Moto's like, "No, I'm a human. Fuck you," and fought back. Like 
that story's been done to death, but it would have worked. But the particular Kang they chose... Look, I'm also bitter because the particular Kang they chose, I really, really liked his, his on-screen presence. And the fact that he, we probably won't see that exact Kang again, pretty bummed and, about it. And mm. Sick Suit, too. He's, he's oh, so good. Outfit it looks so good. Awesome. Yeah, the oh. purple and the green looked amazing. Yeah, love that Majors can wear a green tunic, I tell you fucking what. Fucking A. Holy shit. Now, you brought, okay, you brought up the future of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Post, after seeing that, knowing that Kang is the big bad going forward, we have a bunch of films coming out this year, you know, in the foreseeable future. We have our next few phases basically announced. And I think another big change to previous phases, the TV shows are going to be integral. Well, this is the first time that we've teased a TV show in the post-credit sequence of a movie, which is very fucking cool. And I I suppose off the bat- off the oh, see, wait, off the did you just of, say you loved the Loki? I loved, you know, I loved that scene, that that teaser. Sorry, I hate that we're getting teasers for TV shows. Why? I'm a complex nah. man. No, nah, it, 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 I hate the best stories. The best stories on in like Western screens at the moment are fucking television shows. Oh, no, Why no, is it I completely cool? agree with that. No, I completely agree with that. But it is the whole thing of at the moment you you're having to watch like forty hours of television to understand the next ah. thing. Ah, that's now. weighing me down. Like the exponential things. Ex- yeah, yeah. The the way that the MCU has exploded out. Okay, is it possible that we have reached oversaturation? And I would argue, yes. And the yeah. worst part is they don't like up until literally like this last week when Kevin Feige is and uh, Disney seem to be saying actually we're going to pump the brakes on this a little bit. We've pushed the Marvels out of July. And to November, it's going to come out at the end of the year. We're only going to have those three MCU films this year. There are probably going to be only two Marvel shows this year, Loki and Secret Wars. We don't know. There might be a third one, but we don't know. But it's What if it was basically- actually meant to come out already? Yeah. Uh, what if yeah, it'll be the third What one if can these? never come out and that'll be fine? Because um, season one was rubbish. Um, oh, no. It was rubbish. It was rubbish. It there was, was some, there was, was some moments. John, what was it the was episode? not worth my time. Uh, I really liked, I liked the zombies one. I really liked the, um, the Thor one. That was really good too. Um, all of these really are good? wrong. They were really good. I don't think it was uh, really for, good. For what, for what it was. <laughs> absolutely. I'm like, I'm not, it's, it's, it hasn't, obviously hasn't stuck with me. Like most things like that have, but I enjoyed what I watched of it. And I watched it pretty late too. I didn't watch it like week to week or anything like that. Or would be, I didn't hate the Killmonger out. one. The Killmonger one was that yeah, was interesting. Really like that one, um, that T'Challa and Star Lord. I like that. Yeah, they were whatever. The not what if whatever. Uh, hey, uh, but yeah, they, they they basically looks like they're going to chill the fuck out a little bit, which yeah. I think is wise. So I tweeted out this week. The problem with both Star Wars and the MCU now is that neither are special anymore, right? So, Star Wars is is having... It's still doing its good things, like Marvel is, right? Still doing good things. It's not saying that the whole thing is a trash fire, right? Andor was great. The Mandalorian, I'm still enjoying. We won't talk about the Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, but you didn't like... You liked Obi-Wan? Fuck didn't it. Mind it. Didn't mind it. Oh, 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 watched, that was watched- trash. I watched two episodes and I was like, I think I'm good. If you yeah. watch the last two episodes, you'll be fine. 
Okay. Well. The anyway, point being that was a sh- that was a movie series, right? That original trilogy was so special. It was so I mean, once upon a time it was hard to get your hands on. Like watching it was a special thing. They re-released yeah. it at the cinemas. It was Colored, like yeah. you couldn't own it. They then did the special editions, which means you couldn't even see the original versions anymore. Then they did the prequel trilogies. We all know how that turned out, but like it was one film every three years and then it went dark again. And then they came back with The Force Awakens. Not only did they release one film every two years, they did two spin-offs in the meantime and then they blown the whole thing wide open with Clone Wars and all these TV shows and it's not special anymore. Star Wars is not something that is coveted or rare because Liam Neeson was saying this this week. It's like they've just it's no longer mystical or exciting. It's just oh we know what we're going to get. It's going to be fucking more Skywalkers and more lightsabers more than likely and or being the exception as I said but more often than not it's like oh yeah okay it's more Star Wars. Marvel was doing this thing. Somehow they were pulling off this incredible magic trick, like introducing Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Thor, put them together in a movie. Holy fuck, that actually worked. Then they start introducing more characters. Somehow, okay, Age of Ultron, not as good as the first one, but it was still rolling. Then they build up to Endgame. Phase three of the MCU is a fucking marvel. Like between Guardians, uh, Guardians 2, uh, Spider-Man, Civil and then War, getting Black, Civil Black Panther. War. Civil Black Panther. War. Fucking tell you what. Like, I was re-watching Civil War because I was watching all the Ant-Man stuff. I ended up like, let's skip to the end of this movie and watch the the last fight of that film. It- and that's a film also that did a really good job of defying expectations. That whole movie is set up around the idea they're going to fight a bunch of uh, Buckies. And you're like, oh my God, I can't think of anything worse. Why the fuck is this end fight where Captain America finds a bunch of other super soldiers? Boring. Get there. They're already dead. Zemo's outsmarted them. This is Tony Stark finding out what happened to fucking his parents. It was Bucky the whole time. Make them fight. Stakes are huge. You care about these characters. What a fucking movie that was. The Russo brothers. Is arguably the best villain ever in a Marvel mm. film. I will argue I agree. that. This is why I agree. Does along. his plan make complete sense? Like all complicated villain plans, not really. And like all, comic but the book effectiveness stories, yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. But the effectiveness of it, and his motivations for doing it, and how he goes about it, is unparalleled. I think in the MCU, except for maybe Killmonger who was yeah. also an incredible villain and a very personal story and doing something that was bigger than the MCU even. Anyway, build to Infinity War, which had an ending that some predicted, but was still effective. And then Endgame, which I honestly don't think there could have been a better ending for the MCU. I had one wish, right? Steve Rogers, he was my boy. I couldn't believe that either, by the way. Like, Captain America, the idea of Captain America to me is silly. Fucking Boy Scout, yeah. army guy who's got super strong, and his name is Captain America. Couldn't think of a worse idea for a, a superhero. But when you get um, Chris Evans to play it, I, I love the guy. Love Born him into that goddamn role. <sighs> Absolutely. That's America's all, In my mind, I was like, I know someone's going to die, either Tony or Cap. I'm right. Makes sense for it to be Cap. I don't know how, but I would love to see a scene somehow where Steve is reunited with Peggy and they're finally having that dance. So when I got that ending, 
where he went back in time and had that fucking dance. And it was the moment they decided to end the movie on. I was literally bawling because it was everything I fucking wanted. Yep. It was stunning. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It was perfection. How do you top that? All yeah. that build up over 12 years, whatever it was, to get to that perfect crescendo, right, of everything that was before it is an impossible task. And we are watching a massive corporation, an entertainment behemoth, try it right now. And we're learning there are just some things that are out of human beings' reach. And Can I this run is where the, the MC is at right now. Because it actually sure. leads into the point I want to make. I agree with that. I think one of the greatest, the greatest love story in the the MCU ended with a very simple dance. Just two people weren't even really powered at that moment. They're just having a dance. The early films, they start with not these like intergalactic villains. It's, hey, this guy's a business owner and let's face it, better if I can't. Like that's all <laughs> these films were. They are low level. Daredevil on Netflix, he's just fighting some like criminals. There's nothing crazy about them. It's low level. The stakes are high, but the scope is small. And you get these really personal stories. That's why I think, like, parts in um, uh, Miss Marvel are really uh, yeah. good. The yeah, best parts are with yeah, her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get these yeah, yeah, smaller yeah. stories. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. This is how we formed connections, genuine connections with yes. these characters. I'm Jesse, looking at the 100%. last few films that came out, and yeah. none of them have that even remotely. Shang-Chi has that a little bit with the friendship. I reckon it's really, really good for mm-hmm. half the film. And then they just throw it to the side. Um, mm. I'm I'm literally just scrolling through films. Loki season one between the Lokis. Okay, that's decent, but it, it is over the top because he's literally going to no. fuck himself. Loki, um, but I, I would even say Loki and uh, Mobius though. Like I, yeah, within two episodes, I'm yeah, like, I love these guys. Because they're colleagues. They are business yeah, colleagues. Yeah. They're business friends. Like this is my friend from work. Well, that's really fun. But they become. But but it starts that way. It starts more like more complicated than that. I'm the cop who's going to use you, <clears throat> and I'm giving you a chance to survive here because you're going to help me because I need your help. Right? It's like they are mutually need each other to survive, and then in doing so become friends. Right? Like, I I that's yeah. I think part of the reason why Loki's so good, and I would argue that WandaVision is great because yes. I really fucking cared about Wanda and Vision in that. Yep, I, I agree. Right? I think that was probably and the I last good example. And I didn't care about Wanda and Vision before that. Like, they were... The and that's the thing, right? We know that Marvel can make me care about characters that I haven't cared about a lot beforehand because they did it with WandaVision. But it's getting harder and harder to convince me it's going to happen, especially when they... Because they keep making this mix. You're talking about, like, low stakes but high... Or well, you know, low, low scope level settings or low skanks. That works the other way though. Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite MCU film. I saw that five times at the cinemas. I loved it so fucking Me much, too. right? It was like yep. my Star Wars was my I kept thinking to myself, this is my new Star Wars. I took friends to see it. That film is the first cosmic Star Wars uh, uh, Marvel film. But it works because I cared about that fucking found family, right? Yeah. Because they was put f- the work in yes. to make this group of fucking misfits a family. And at the end of that film, when they're holding hands to share the power of the power stone and defeat what is a two-dimensional villain, yeah. I gave a shit because I cared about them. I could tell they cared about each other. 
And Je- that's, yeah. it's crazy how simple it is. Jamask and I talk about this on hunting season all the time. It's a simple, it's the simplest and hardest thing to do. It's like good characters that I'm invested in them as friends, lovers, whatever it is. That pure investment is all it takes for me to care about, like to invest in a story. But it's hard to pull off. And Marvel have been not doing a great job of it lately. I think mm-hmm. the reason that you, I, I, I kind of want to bring this up is you brought up Andor. <clears throat> I yes. loved Andor. I think Andor is possibly my favorite Star Wars property. I, I've I, gone on to say it's not my favorite Star Wars, but I think it's the best Star Wars. Yep. I think I, it's the best that Star Wars has been. If and that because makes sense. That, that show takes place in the Star Wars universe, yeah, sure. Who gives a shit, though? Because it, it isn't mm. about Star Wars. It is about mm. fighting and hope and, and love at the end, I guess. Mm. And Which that's what in these, turn is what Star Wars was always really about. But then it got distracted with all these like bombastic things and how everyone's a Skywalker because yeah. apparently like six people are fucking each other in, in that universe. Anyway, I digress. And on three, pl- on three hey, planets. Hey, hey. Yeah. Sometimes they're a Palpatine. The dead speak. Fucking okay. I wish they didn't. Um, (laughs) And that's what early Marvel used to do. A lot of the movies you look at, when you look at the list, were just a big inhale. It was you them just gathering relationships and everything like that. And then Infinity War and Endgame with that big exhale at the end. This is the payoff for all of that. Those small little moments that were able to build up on top of each other. These small relatable things. They were able to build up in each other that you fell in love with these characters. They were part of your family. That's the big exhale. And you're fine. And then what they've, what they've done, rather than trying to inhale again, they've kept exhaling. <laughs> and you know when you try to exhale more and more and more, how it gets weaker and weaker? That's what they're doing. I look at Quantumania, and while that movie tried to be about family and Scott and Cassie's relationship, I don't... Fuck. Was it? Really? <laughs> it was about no. family, but the mum won't tell them what's happening. Cassie and, and and Scott to take their helmets off and talk about Citrus. Like, is that meant to be the father and son moment we're waiting for? No. I look at Black Panther a little bit different because obviously they had to redo all of that film. That's why I kind of give the movie mm-hmm. a bit of a pass for being a bit messy. Great villain, though. Mm-hmm. Um, to look at mm-hmm. the other films. Thor, Love and Thunder. Was, I wanted that film to be about Thor regaining who he was and remembering who he was and trying to be a better version of that. But it, it wasn't. It just became really self-indulgent wank. Um, multiverse of Madness, I wanted Doctor Strange to realise, hey, he's being a bit of a dick, and now that the rest of the Avengers are gone, he has to have some res- more responsibility. But he doesn't really, as we also saw in Far From Home, when he's just like, hey, kid, you want to get to school? Yeah, I'll do some magic for you. What, what are we doing here? Like, why are these characters developing complex relationships with each other? They're just making their own fucking mess and then cleaning it up. And we're meant to be like, hey, cool heroes. No, they just cleaned up their own fucking mess at this point. Shrink everything down again. Give us small stories. I, and I've then just build up what, again. what all those films are doing. I don't think it's they're continuing to exhale. It's kind of like they're trying to start the next inhale, but they're like choking. It's gone down the wrong hole somehow. Because what they're sort of doing COVID. with all of them is like, place setting right like spider-man no way home they weren't sure what the relationship with sony was they actually need to get spider-man out of here a little bit because who knows where the fuck that's going multiverse of madness we need to get rid of wanda apparently because wanda is too powerful or set her up for a future thing down the line while introducing the multiverse and um america chavez thor love and thunder we've got this 
We've got Thor left behind. We want him off the table. We don't want him dead. Um, so we're going to make him a dad over here somehow. Um, Black Panther's setting up Namor. Um, and the intrigue, it's its like it's all plot background, like world piece setting. It's like setting up the chessboard sort of thing. It's not really character motivated. Did you, did you what do you think about Black Widow though? Did you think Black Widow or Eternals or Spider-Man was working so, for you on like an emotional character level? Um, Black Widow, not really. Black Widow I actually didn't hate. I just wish it wasn't a Marvel film. If it was its own standalone film, I wouldn't mind it, mainly because I like David Harbour and that whole, like, those mm-hmm. scenes as a family were quite funny. I really liked them. But the, the plot was over the top. The ending sequence is shit. The there also is wasn't enough of that, though. They need to do more stuff with the family. They get to the family late. They have that one scene yeah. around the fucking table, basically, and then there sort of just goes to the big fight at the end. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, should, it should be more of that. But, like, Black Widow yeah. probably give more of a pass to than most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish it wasn't part of the MCU. It was, it was a needless part of the MCU. Well, it should have just come out in phase three. Yep. And then, you know, <laughs> then her death would have had more. Anyway. Mm. We should be in charge of this. And also, sorry, just going back to the small stories, how I said that Marvel stuff, when you actually look at it, starts off with small stories about family and, and people's place within the world and, like, getting to know themselves and the occasional businessman who's a bit of a cunt. Um, DC never did that. They went straight yes. big. And that's why you had no connection with them. And that's when they went bigger, you didn't give it a shit. It's funny, though, because that's DC. Like, DC has always been, like, these superheroes are gods. Like, Wonder Woman comes from Themyscira, and Superman comes from Krypton, and Bruce Wayne is a rich fucking orphan guy. Broody, he doesn't have a family. Well, the thing is, Batman does become very much about family, but no one ever wants to start there with him, ever. Um, I think they're finally doing it now. I think. Yeah, it looks like they might be, actually. The fact that we're getting Damian Wayne in... The next Batman film, well, the next Batman DCU film, because the Bat- the Batman 2... Characters need something to lose, and Batman hasn't had something to lose for a long time, because he doesn't give a shit about Gotham, and mm-hmm. he's had no one to lose. He, he just does not care, and that's Batman, what some people would relate it, to, but when he has a family, he protects them. Somewhere along the line, Batman became edgy, dark, cool. And don't get me wrong, there's some great Batman stories that are like that. But the DNA of Batman always had Robin in it. Always. And like, from the very beginning. And just Robin, it was just seen as being in the 90s and the early 2000s, he wasn't cool. Not even Chris O'Donnell can make him cool. And so they just like jettisoned him from the Batman mythos on screen. It was the Christopher Nolan films. Like, they're amazing. And the Christopher Nolan films too, yeah. But everyone tried to copy them and they lost what made them good. Like, they are great... (laughs) Standalone, either on the side. This is a special DC moment, and then every everyone wanted that. Everyone got to know that, and that became yeah. the version people knew. That's true, and but that's what also exciting about the potential of the DCU going forward is like if they tap into the Bat family properly. And oh, I, I I am wrong. Sorry, they have done it once well before. The Batman Lego Movie does that and is great. Very true. Yes. Yep. yep. They yep. have 100%. done it. Yep. Having watched it's that the- again multiple times recently, yeah, agreed, hundred percent. God, that's that actually did that's it, such, and so they know they can do it. They just have to fucking, yeah, put on into live action. I think <sighs> also just going back to DC, they fucked up so badly by releasing the Snyder Cut, giving their fans the worst part of the fandom 
more power so that they can never take a risk like that anymore because as we're already seeing with James Gunn who's getting death threat for me wanting to you know make the DCU good um <laughs> yeah you can't give certain people power in this case obviously parts of the fandom um but, but before Joel you mentioned how DCU cops a lot of slack for going to grim dark the MCU is just the opposite end of the same coin at the moment, mm. they have gone to the realm of like toxic positivity. <laughs> every every film, in the same way that every DC film is trying to be a little bit of Christopher Nolan's Batman, every one of these films is trying to be a little bit of uh, Thor Ragnarok. They all have to have that, you know, over the top, like bright color scheme, the the soundtrack, the group of, of you know, characters that you grow to love, you know, like Korg and the little karate cricket. I can't remember his name is. I mean, I, w- I would even go so far as to say it wasn't. They're not trying to be like Thor Ragnarok. I'd say they're trying to be Guardians because that's where that mm. really started. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's fair, yeah. That's that's where that all really started because, like, you know, it was, like you said, the soundtrack and the quippy characters and the bunch of misfits that come together as a found family at the end and and, and the bright colours and neon wool crazy world. Um, Which never meant like anything to the stuff. film, like... You could remove nah. all of that neon craziness from those films and the soundtrack. And the, the first film was a fr- film about friendship. The second one's about family. And this third one's about love and loss. And that's, yep. that's what's tying them so well together. I have a lot of complaints about the Guardians films. However, they're the only real set of these films that you could take out of the MCU and they stand alone. You could mm. watch just these three films and you are fine. They do not we rely don't know that. We heavily. We don't know. Yeah. The Gamora stuff in particular in three is annoying. I mean, judging yeah. from the trailer, she's back in the first five minutes. I hope so. Somehow yeah, Gamora returned. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was announced, you know, like she appeared in Fortnite and um, had a God speech there it. about it. And then. God damn it. I want to see... Um, I, I, no, fuck that. More films need to be in Fortnite. Because I remember that that became a thing for a few months. Like, I want, like, Oppenheimer to be, like... I want to be able to play <laughs> as Oppenheimer <laughs> in Fortnite. I love that. How good that... That's like, imagine, brilliant. like, a... Imagine a Barbie crossover. That would actually that be sweet. I could get behind. Just Fucking saying. Movie. 80 for Brady um, in Fortnite. <laughs> I just realised Indiana Jones is going to be in Fortnite this year. That's sad. I think he's already, he already in Fortnite. Been. Oh, has he? Yeah. That's, even, yeah. that's, that's worse. He already has Fucking been. Hell. He was in there last year. Oh, my God. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Before you, the, you, before the, even got announced. I'm looking, at, I'm looking ahead at the rest of Phase 5 and Phase 6 has been, as, as, has been announced. <clears throat> what, are you, what are you genuinely looking forward to that's on there? Okay. Guardians Volume 3 is easy. Right, yeah. like I'm looking forward to Guardians because I love the Guardians. All right, James Gunn's one of the MCU. After the Guardians, which we're all pretty psyched about, with the Marvels, mm-hmm. I think Marvels is going to be good. However, I'm not looking forward to the fucking discourse. Yeah, the discourse is already mm-hmm. exhausting. <laughs> yep, but I agree. Kamala Khan, uh, as much as the, that show was a mess, especially in the middle, um, she's so lovable. The character. Pardon? She's so lovable. She she's fantastic. I love. Uh, yeah. Do you know that? Do you know where Marvel never misses ever is casting? Yes. They just don't miss. Mm-hmm. Every single person they've cast to be any character of prominence has been great. Although sometimes they go a little bit too far with that, 
and they cast a very good actor before they become very good. Natalie Dormer being in Captain America, the first one, mm-hmm. as just a side character, is a crime against humanity. And who plays um uh, Heimdall? Oh, uh, uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Could yeah. have been... He, 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 yeah. Fuck, he could have been Kang. Like, shout out to... Yeah, um, he, shout out to shout he was to Knuckles Pace instead. Is, yeah, Lee Pace, to, yeah. Lee Pace, yeah. And the, Lee I mean, Pace, Lee, yeah, Lee, Lee, Pace. Lee Pace was an established um, actor. Was, I actually think... That's the thing. I better. No, well, it's funny. I know people don't like that character. What's his name again? The Destroyer? Johnny Fammer. Johnny the Destroyer, right? I really like Lee Pace's performance as that two-dimensional villain. I think he is. I think he's great as Ronan the Destroyer. I really, I really like him. Mm. He does squash from his head with that hammer. That's a, that's that was a thump. That was yep. That's how you get the name Johnny Hammer. Um, <laughs> then we got Captain America: New World Order. <sighs> intrigued. Mm. I'm intrigued to mm. see what they do with this. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about um, Falcon the Winter Soldier? Uh, I didn't mind it, but very, very hampered at times. Like it just, it was trying to deliver a good point, but it did it very clumsy. I think at, at moments, I, I, clumsy is a great word for it. Yeah, I, I liked it, and I liked the outcome of it. I think it's probably the best way of putting it. Um, but yeah, I think getting there was pretty messy, and the whatever they were called, the. Flag smashers? Flag smashers, yeah. We're just like, okay, sure, whatever. They were another group, though, in Marvel where it's like, um, they're not... They're right. <laughs> yeah. Why are they... The best thing to come out of that film is I now have my dream casting as for Aloy in a Horizon TV show <laughs> movie. Oh, yeah. That's the best Actually, thing Actually, very good point. The movie I'm probably... One of the movies I'm actually excited for is Thunderbolts. Because yeah. it's like, what the fuck is this going to be? So it's a bunch of almost like the D-grade characters all coming together. Um, it's it's Suicide Squad essentially. It's the Marvel version yeah, of Suicide Squad. It's Marvel Suicide Squad, yeah. And um, it's got a oh, what's the name in it? Um, no idea. Florence uh, Pugh. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh's in it. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got oh yeah, and Bucky I believe is meant to be in it. Bucky, and yeah. Ghost from Ant Man the Ghost. Wasp. Everyone's favorite character, um, you know, Ghost. Yeah, Ghost uh, as um red. Uh, US Man. Agent. I don't know. Uh, we've got yeah, oh, yeah. Red Red Guardian, Taskmaster, uh, mm. and uh, Julia oh Lewis my God. Dreyfus comes That's... back as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Two of the worst villains in the last yeah. like <laughs> five years in Marvel are in this. Ghost and Taskmaster? Yeah. Ghost, Ghost and Taskmaster, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both awful. And both basically the same thing, which was like... Yep. Um... A, they were gender swapped. Nothing wrong with that. But it was interesting. They were both gender swapped. And B, they sort of weren't really villains. Like Taskmaster was brainwashed, daughter of the real bad guy, and Ghost was just wanting to live. It's very hard um, to make a villain complex in the same way that Thanos was in one film. Well, you what? They, so they like, shouldn't. They shouldn't kill, even try to. Kill Killmonger didn't work for you. Namor didn't work for you. I'm going to edit this um, part out. He got me here. He got me here. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Zemo didn't work for you. They were shit villains. Uh, um, <laughs> Blade isn't happening. Blade's not happening. I don't think well, Blade, Blade will happen. I don't, I don't think Blade will even come out. No, you I know what? Will. That would be a great decision on Marvel's part. Yep. Pull, pull back. Pump the brakes. 
Don't release so much. Don't keep expanding in this direction right now. Maybe save that for later. Maybe make it a TV show or something like that later. Don't do it right now. Well, actually, let's go back a few steps, actually. That's a good point. What what movies could they scrap from here? I think Captain America, New Order, Order, scrap it, make it um, no, Bucky and Winter Soldier they, they, season two. Oh, uh, no, I think I'd rather the movie. Thunderbolts, I, I think, good movie. movie. Yeah, it's a movie. But no, no, I, I, some of this stuff doesn't don't even make a TV shows. Like just, just scrap Blade. Blade right scrap. I'm, I don't, I don't hate the idea of it. It's just, can we kind of just find some focus? Again, we're expanding into a the realm of demons and fucking vampires and shit. Is that what we? Is that what Marvel needs right now? You know, unless they do just it kind of like that like, Vampire by Night, whatever it's called, and it's sort of yeah, like Werewolf this by is, Night. Werewolf by Night. Sorry. Well, this will be Vampire by Night. Um. But it's very much on the outskirts of what the or MCU Moon Knight. Moon Knight seems like, yeah, disconnected enough. Speaking um, of disconnected, Deadpool three. I mean, I'm excited for Deadpool three. I'm so excited for Deadpool three. Not necessarily I, is an MCU film. Though well, I think it, it being an MCU film is intriguing in its own way. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that yeah, what this could, yeah, this could do with some of the. Um, this could be the movie that they use to like tie up some loose ends and fuck around with things and then sort of carry on from there as like a clean slate almost. Cause they could just have Deadpool come in and cause absolute mayhem. Um, fuck a whole bunch of things up. And then, you know, that's the last thing I want them. Okay. I think this movie is going to be great, but mm-hmm. I'm very, very worried for what it does to the MCU. Are they going to be so excited that they're finally got their character that they're going to let this film fuck up a lot of world building? Because remember that we've had, what, up to this point of that coming out, we've had about five more films leading up into your next Avengers films. Are they going to let him come in and do like a complete reset, a complete tonal shift? No. I, 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 kind be... of, I need this to be very much to be on the outskirts of the mainstream MCU, but it's going to be incredible. It's going to be like... Um, what they've done with She-Hulk. And that it's going to comment, it's going to make light of the MCU, its problems, it's the good things, the bad things, whatever, and ultimately learn nothing from it. It's just going to like, wink, wink, nod, nod. We know we expanded too quickly. We know there are too many movies. We know we fucked up Kang, but it it won't actually course correct any of it. It'll just- I just- I would like to just reference it. Uh, that, that's a good call. Uh, I would oh, love to see that. She could absolutely. I would love to see Deadpool yeah. rock up. She Hulk season two just rocks up one one moment. And when they when they because they both break the fourth wall, like of course they've got to be in something together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I would love that would be, the, that'll be the end cred sequence. And they're yeah. just talking to each other, just talking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I hope it. I hope Deadpool three sticks to the original like idea that it was going to be, which was um, Deadpool and Wolverine on a road trip, basically. Like, that's what I, I kind of hope that. And it could be, it could be like a, a road trip through Deadpool's version of the multiverse. And like, that's how you get all your weird and wonderful. Oh yeah, fuck stuff. it. Yeah, no, use the multiverse. This is your multiverse of madness film. Yeah, no, yeah, fuck 100%. that. I actually think this will be, yeah, when they said they described it as a road trip movie, I'm like, oh yeah, do that, but make it, do it, do it through all the different universes. And we, that's how, that's how you get, you know, Patrick Stewart showing up for a scene. And that's how you get, you know, all these other things in there. How good would it be? The movie starts, Deadpool looking straight into camera, and he explains the multiverse for you, and he's got all those, like, weird threads that they have, and he's just pulling them, and he makes his own, 
And he's like, this is the one. Oh. And he just, he's like, this is the one we're fucking with. That way you can do whatever you want with known actors. Like, you've got to get, like, you know, Chris Evans to come in as, like, the human torch. Like, just pull the rug from people. Shit like that would be so fun in this. Yep. Yep. Can I, can I be honest with you about something? I'm already sick of the multiverse shit. I'm oh, it. yeah. It's I'm garbage. It. I'm, it's like, no, no, I'm, I mean, I'm sick of, like, the idea of, like, pulling in, like, fucking Jean Grey from the X-Men series or, uh, what's her name, Denise Richards from fucking Fantastic. I don't care. I don't. It's done. Man. The Spider-Man thing was the best way they could have done it, and they've done it. It's a man. You're gonna hate Secret Wars then, because <laughs> that's I, well. That's honestly, be. it's a massive. It's a. I think it's a massive deal. It's a way of like if they want to use this. Like I was thinking about this the other day. This explains how they get the X Men in, right? Because it's a big deal to do the mutants thing. But I believe, I believe one of Kang's variants was like um, he was a Pharaoh type guy. I can't remember his name now. Yeah, yeah. But he was also the one who like imprisoned apocalypse i think who is like the progenitor of all um oh. of all mutants right so you could explain that they like have been pruning the the mutants from the timeline right that's one of the things they've been doing is like taking out apocalypse or pruning the mutants so when secret wars is over and they defeat kang all of a sudden mutants exist in the world again that's how you get mutants back they've always been there in the back they just were they were just weren't in this reality in this timeline but now they're gone back into it and look at that professor x's um what the xavier school for gifted children whatever it is is just pops up it's there now it was always there but it wasn't um but aside from that like i'm bored of it i'm bored i think it's the dc is about to do the same thing with michael keaton i think somehow somehow it's already like that it's a formula and a trope and i'm sick of it and we've, because we've already got- it doesn't, because it doesn't actually, except they did in Spider Man, it doesn't really progress story or character. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's a gimmick. It's it's yeah. playing you with it your toys. In Spider Man, it kind of works because it was talking about the idea of Spider Man, right? What it means to be a Spider Man. Sort of the same way they did it in Into the Spider Wars first, which is a better film, right? Yes, 100%. Um, And God knows, not part of the MCU, but looking forward to Across the Spider Verse like nothing else. Um, We're going to do a month of coverage on that. It's going to be the best thing ever. But I don't know if they can keep doing it and it can keep being interesting. I think it's wearing thin and we're four years out from Secret Wars. They can't keep doing it, they will keep doing it. Now, they will keep doing it, but I just don't think they can. 2025, what are you guys doing on Valentine's Day? Wrong. You're going to be watching Fantastic Four in yes, cinemas. Yes, Now, that that I'm excited about, right? Because A, they are- Third time's a charm. <laughs> well, yes. I'm interested to see if Marvel can do what others couldn't. But Fantastic Four are a group of characters that should have always been a part of the MCU. And it 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 really should be very easy for them, if they know what they're doing, to make it that- connected family storyline. Do you know what I mean? Like, do the thing we were talking about. Make it about family and connection. Make me care about Reed Richards, Sue Storm, and the rest of them. Like, if they can pull it off, I believe they can, because they have so many times before. Fucking, that could be my favourite film of, yeah, you know, this has the, potential. the multiverse fa- timeline, whatever we're in. As long as, like you said, it's a movie about like family, not about cosmic shit building to the Avengers film. I need this. Exactly. To- let us form a connection to these characters because in the next film, yeah. let's face it, they're going to be a big, big part of the next film. 
um, which is Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. Yeah, sure. All my it excitement for been, Kang is we, gone. Yeah, they it the the it needs to be proved still yeah. that this is going to be great. And Loki might get there. You know what I mean? Loki season two could get us there. But right now, it's like okay, whatever. Um, and then last off, off the confirmed films uh, coming in twenty twenty six. I hope the Earth is burnt into oblivion before <laughs> then. But we're getting Avengers Secret Wars. Whatever. Right. Keep it a secret. I don't right. care. <laughs> Look, well, the I, reason we I, cared about the Avengers films before this is because we cared about the Avengers. And right now, I don't care about the Avengers. We don't even know who the Avengers are. Yeah. I mean, we have an inkling, but like it's... Yeah. I, I Look. Are you talking about the Young Avengers? Yeah, but like yeah, because they I keep do- dropping them in, but they've done nothing yeah. to make them relevant. Where, exactly. where like, before this are we meant to care about them? Okay, the kids, car- uh, the Marvel cast, do a good job. Do a good job. Fine, but having them all together lead a film? No, I, I, I sorry, I can't even put it into words. I can't properly express how deep that no is. <laughs> I would rather get bad news from my doctor than see that look, film. Look, I don't disagree with anything that both of you have said about where we're going. Am I going to fucking go and see all these movies and enjoy them? You fucking better believe I am. <laughs> you stop because saying I, you don't enjoy them. Stop saying you don't enjoy them. Maybe you will one day. Open, open, the, open your heart to the possibility to of hatred. disliking a Marvel movie. It's but okay. Thing, I think even when it's Let bad, the hate I'm flow like, through you, <laughs> young McDonald. I, don't, de- don't decide beforehand you're going to enjoy them. That's all I'm asking. Even, even, even I'm saying way, go to like, them. You know I'm going to them, Joel. I'm going to go to yeah, all yeah, of yeah. them. Yeah. But even, even the ones that I... That I don't like, you know, like I still like talking about them as movies that I don't like and I sure. find enjoyment from that. So I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I'm just, I I'm think- too, I am, I am the fucking target market for all this shit. <laughs> and like, I'm just lapping it up like they're little fucking lap dogs like right now. So I, yeah. I was you, but like again, two years having, ago. I don't disagree with anything that you have said because you're right. You're right. There are <laughs> major problems with a lot of things going forward and it could just be all absolute garbage and it very well could be. So, yeah, I, th- that's that's where I'm standing right now. But, yeah, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Joel, I was you a few years ago. Quantumania will be the last time I see day one. I really? Will, I will still see him. You're not going to see Guardians day one, Guardians 3? I don't think I care enough anymore. This film really broke oh. me. God, I had yes. super high expectations of this, but after the, to me, why did you have the, super high expectations of, of this? I just really like Jonathan Majors. I, I expected. I mean, that's fair. I, I, I think thought the the He Who Remains was really well done. The trailers look cool. Um, having just as Marvel was very very good setting up Thanos. I'm like, I can't fuck this up surely. And then I actually liked the idea of the juxtaposition of the comedy of Iron Man and. Mm the impending doom of what Kang had to bring. But then just hit after hit of Love and Thunder, Multiverse, and then this. You'd be exhausted now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely broken. The the damn wall broke. I am am Scott Lang on the ground and they just stepped on my helmet. Okay, (laughs) I I am floundering right now. 
But can I just say something, Joel? And now, I don't know, like the, the Marvel train will never end, never end. However, yeah. I think, like you said, do you, you know how I always bitch about Nintendo? And, like, Nintendo yeah. does so much shit wrong, but because they cop no criticism from the fan base, they keep doing it, so they will never have any games on sale. They will just keep doing, like, fucking Joy-Con Drift. Ah, oh, I've never heard of her. Like, it, oh, the online store is an absolute joke of a thing because they don't cop criticism from the fan base. People just keep throwing money at them. That's what's happened to Marvel, and I think it's poisoned the well that much. They know there, there is an exact formula they can do, and people will just throw money at it now. And it, it's too far gone. It's never going to fix. So what I'm saying, actually, is, Joel, I've, I've changed my decision. Fuck it. Go nuts. Either the drug, okay, That's and a, we all need to start snorting that. again. I was gonna say that because, like, I think for me, it's like ever since Endgame, I just been I've been chasing that dragon. I want that next hit. <laughs> like, I, I want that. I want that feeling again because honestly, seeing Endgame in this in a packed cinema was one of the best. Oh, fu- so the portal so scene good. was like I still go back and listen to that like premiere audio that someone recorded. I love that. Being in the theater, and it still fucking like makes me well up with tears of excitement and joy and happiness, and just a point in in my life that I got to experience, and like I'm, I'm chasing that again, and that's bad because yes, I'm probably never going to get the that. S- nostalgia but is a hell of a drug. No, you might. It, it just is. might not be the MCU, and it's okay if it's not Marvel. That's true. It might be that's something true, yeah. else. Do you know what I mean? It might be. Yeah. I swear to God. I think this what's happening with Marvel at the moment is the best thing that could happen to the DC because yes. they have yeah. an opportunity yeah. to to build on DC stumbling finally. Like mm-hmm. there is they are weak right now. Now is the time to strike. Getting yep. James Gunn in, doing mm-hmm. a fucking proper like possibly like if he if he can make the best Superman film that we've ever had. A at least since Christopher Reeves you want to argue it. You know what? And do Superman right and make it a spectacle but also make it Feel like Superman, right? Not like doing Watchmen again, Zack Snyder, you fucking idiot. Um, they could they could do it all again. They really could. DC could yeah. do what Marvel did. Yeah, absolutely. It's, but it's, it's, I, I think the thing is, like, I, I do that too. I watch that video, the premiere audience cheering and stuff like that. I remember being in that fucking room. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was... It was the 25th. I'm pretty sure it was Anzac Day here when Infinity War came out and yeah. like 12 p.m. screen because the cinemas wouldn't open before, open before that because it was Anzac Day and being in that room when everyone gasped, the girl next to me was in tears because Peter Parker turned to dust. Like, I remember that. It was yeah. fucking amazing. Oh, that killed me. Um, it, Totally, right? That's that, so, It was incredible. Are you guys saying and it w- that at the moment there's a chance that the hierarchy of power could change? <laughs> change forever. I think so. <laughs> But it's, I think it's okay to be critical of things that you love. And it's okay yeah. that sometimes things just don't come back and they're that's, never going to be as good as they were. And that's okay. That's something I'm I'm starting to sort of like grapple with in my own life in general. And I think, Broad, you know this of all uh, because you know me so well. But I also hold you account to it the most. You do, yeah. And that's the thing. <laughs> but but I think I'm finally listening and is the, the biggest takeaway from it. Is, but uh, I don't know. I just... I. I I spent, I've spent so much of my life just being positive and trying to see good in things. And now I'm just like, I don't have to. And that's fine. 
Um, especially when I've got like, when I, I don't have to care about this particular multiverse all that much when I've got something like everything everywhere all at once, which is my favorite movie. Yes. Of the time. Totally, so right? like that's, I'm like that did multiverse better in one movie than the, an entire three years. Have and again, so, was high stakes, low scope. It was a family film. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's it was, that, oh, it was a film that was about fucking, not just Self. love and connection in family, but it was a film about like being like being kind to one another and the power mm-hmm. of that. That yep. is the that's that's Waymond, you know? That's the whole spoilers for everyone at once, I'm sorry. Uh that film's fucking amazing. What Incredible. It's talking God. about. But see, God, have you noticed that every single film we've talked about tonight, we've been able to play out what the like the moral of the film was? Yes. Quantumania didn't have one. Yeah, I agree. There were the maybe the thing was this whole idea yep. that Cassie was saying that don't like, be a dick, Scott. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say yeah, maybe, but the the thing that starts the film is like Scott decided to write a book instead of like keep helping people or whatever. Which, okay, the guy saved the fucking universe. What the what's the deal? And she wants to like you know be a crusader. She wants to keep helping people. And she kind of pulls him back into doing that. But this is also why the ending is frustrating. It's like he was choosing a life of comfort instead of continuing to sacrifice himself for other people. And if the message was that he needed to put himself, put other people uh, first instead of himself, don't let him come back to the fucking real world. Get him stuck in the quantum realm at the end or kill him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. All right. We're um, going to fall into the quantum realm that is... Seriously, discussion about that forever. fucking film. So let's wrap it up here. Oh, the robust discussion about the MCU. Um, I'm sorry these turn into two-hour fucking epics every time I'm on. I've been on twice. <laughs> I could go on for another two hours about this, though. We have oh, a yeah. lot to say. Maybe we'll have to do a, a recap. Look, when Mar- Marvel's come... Miss, no, sorry, the Marvel. The Marvels comes out. It'll be the last uh, Marvel film of the year, possibly. Uh-huh. We'll do another breakdown and see where we're at, I think. But if you want to listen yeah. to 150 possibly shorter episodes of this podcast <laughs> um, or a podcast a bit more focused on video games, which is the Dialogue Options podcast, make sure you check out all the Story Mode Gaming podcasts, the plethora of podcasts. I mean, there's two, but still, that's a lot. Um, if you like if you like long format podcasts, Dialogue Options, oh, like yes. video games and, and podcasts that go for two and a half hours. Dialogue options is your is your boy. Oh yeah, so. there there are some dialogue options episodes that make this look like a TikTok. Okay, is there? Yep. Uh, I was on one of those <laughs> too. Yep. <laughs> certainly were. Make sure Final you Fantasy. check yep. them out <laughs> on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you give them a five star review and ask for a five star review. Review it all. Um, comments. Tell people you, you like about our show. Tell people you hate about our show. Whatever you want. Just make sure people know about us. Um. Of course, we're on your social medias at Sermit AUS. We can keep up to date with everything we're doing, and we're doing plenty. Uh, you can also catch us all on our individual, personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Jesse Spanner. Joel? You can find me at Jolly Mac. And Broad. You can find me at B Gordes, B G O R G O R D E S, on Twitter. I'm this close to fucking del- de- deleting Twitter, though. Like, I am. It's. It, the site is turning to shit yeah. and I hate using it right now. I am this fucking close. I think the moment that we finally, finally do our last episode of Hunting Seasons, I might just 
do Twitter suicide and get rid of my account. I was just I'm about to mention Hunting Seasons. Tell us about Hunting Seasons. <laughs> Uh, Hunting Seasons is a podcast that we're very nearly done making, uh, where myself and my co-host Damask uh, review a season of television each and every episode. We did 200 individual review, review episodes, including uh, a lot of the Netflix uh, Marvel films and all of the Marvel TV shows that come out on Disney+. Plus. I think we didn't do Hawkeye, though, and we did What If as part of like a, a side episode. Uh, but we did One Division, we did Loki, we did Ms. Marvel, and we did She-Hulk. Um, so you can find, and we did Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So you can find those if you're into Marvel stuff. And I, I think they're a bit shorter than this. Like, don't <laughs> quote me on it. <laughs> probably, probably not. But yes, make probably sure you go not. check them out. Um, just to understand maybe some some context of where some of our, I don't want to say rage, but some of our just whatever i don't even have a word for it i just don't care the episode of hunting scenes you need to find is the episode where we just come out of seeing endgame damask and i at the end of an end <laughs> we just did a spoiler talk at the end of another episode and talked about how fucking good that was guys can we do that with spider then com- oh is- my god yes oh yeah yeah done assuming it's good yeah uh, uh, it's got ps2 spider-man in it so it's gonna be good <laughs> 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 but dear listeners, we'll leave you there. Um, did you did you like Quantum Mania? Are you excited for the MCU? Come and tell us we're wrong or right again at Stormont AUS. But until then, stay safe. Go watch things, listen to things, play things, do things. Just be nice to each other and be safe. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Stop kissing the microphone. You get poisoned. <laughs>